0: is better than the fat of rams for rebellion is like the sin of divin- divination and arrogance like the evil of idolatry because you have rejected the word of the Lord well this week actually in this last month um, we, we were doing a 21 day fast for school I'm an SUM student for those of you who don't know me my name is Albertina I am in the, a disciple in the 201 class um, training up to be an elder or a deacon in, in this church I'm also a SUM Bible College student, um, so we were doing a 21-day fast for school because we're all going to Mardi Gras next this week and um, in that you know you you just really get connected with God well during that time um, God has just kept speaking to me obedience is better than sacrifice obedience is better than sacrifice and there was one day where where I was on a bus and um, there was this girl on the bus, it was a teenage girl. It was, it was, she was going on her way to high school, um, to her school. And she was saying a lot of vulgar things. She was speaking so bad, like every other word was a cuss word, she hated her life. She you know, she was like, I'm gonna blow up the school, I'm gonna shoot it up. And everybody knows in midst of the stuff that was happening with the other school that they were shut up and whatnot. But anyway, the Lord spoke to me like, you know, I was saying to the Lord, like, Lord, I wanna speak to this girl. So as um, people left, I went ahead and I spoke to her, and I was able to witness to her and tell her how great our God is. And I asked her, I said, do you have a purpose? Do you have a purpose in this life? And she said, no, I don't. And I said, well, you know what? I'm here, and I believe that I'm here to tell you that you do have a purpose, that there is a God who loves you, and he knows you from the inside out. So um, just to, that's one thing, like just one then now recently we had this other uh, young girl who, my niece lives with me and her friends come visit and um, she's going through a lot of things in her life and I hadn't really talked to her much. She just had her be talking about testimonies about the conference that we just had recently and how God was, you know, big and he moved through the whole sanctuary and just a bunch of things. And um, the one girl, she heard and she said to my niece, she started whispering with my niece for the following week, she's like, I started going back to church. She said, because this woman, I don't know what she was saying, but I just felt something within me just shaking like and it just stirred me to go back to church. So then I was able to talk to her again this week and I gave her my testimony of my life. And she just broke down. And she said, Every single thing that you're telling me right now is the what I am going through right now. She's 18. I'm 30. So thank the Lord that I was able to reach her. He was able to reach her through me right now at 18, 10 years sooner, so that she may be able to to um, go. So let's just pray, bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time, God. I pray that you would just anoint this worship time, God, that people would seek your face, Lord God, and that they would find you today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
1: Come on, let's just welcome them in this place right now. Come on, just lift your hands. Y'all can take your rightful place in this time. Hallelujah. Yeah, we praise you we lift you up. The Bible says that in heaven right now, at this very moment, that there are angels in heaven, and they're flying around the throne. Come on, angels whose sole purpose is to worship God. And they're crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. So church right now, let's welcome Him in this place. Holy Spirit, come have your way. Come have your way. Come have your way, God. Come on in your hearts, would you invite them? Come on, come on, God. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Oh, we're gonna sing this song here for you.
2: fight fall down And let us shout Peter your and Thumb Your crown Fill the skies oh, We are here for you Cause We are here for you Word, will let your Word move in power, and let what's dead come to life, yes we are here for you, oh come on and tell us we are here for you. To you, our hearts are open, nothing here is safe. Out with a song soul. I'm going to sing to you to you our hearts are open I'm going to church, sing it out Just
1: He spent time in prayer. He spent time seeking the Father, because he knew what it was going to take, and he didn't do it on his own strength. He had to come to the Father. He spent time with him, and the Bible says that he left his disciples to wait, and he told his disciples, I'm going to go and pray. I'm going to go seek my Father right now, but I want you to wait here, and I want you to pray. And Jesus went off and he prayed, and he was so intensely in prayer. The Bible says that beads of sweat were coming down his face. And when he got up to go back to his disciples, his disciples were fast asleep. <laughs> they were sleeping instead of praying. And Jesus tells them, Wake up. What are you doing? Don't you know the hour? Don't you know what time it is? You need to pray. And he told them that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And that's all. So. I don't know about you, but sometimes we can come into these houses of worship and these times of worship, and we can feel so weak, and we may not offer God anything because, thank God, I don't have anything to give you. Well, I'm here to tell you right now that the Holy Spirit, He's God, and He wants to fill you up. That your flesh may be weak, but the Holy Spirit is willing. So if you're in this place, and you're willing, and you're saying, God, I want you to fill me up in this place. Is a sign of surrender. Saying, "God, I've tried doing it on my own. It's not working." Come on, would you just begin to lift your hands? Come on, just surrender, God. Come on, fill us up with your Spirit, Lord. He says, "For all who are thirsty
2: and all who are weak, let them come to me." Oh, come on. Is anybody thirsty in this place? Is anybody hungry in this place for more? Oh, we welcome you with our praise. welcome you with our praise, we welcome you with our
1: Thirsty people, God, come fill us up. From this sex song, it's talking just about that. Come on, we sing it once more before, but it's called Never Gonna Leave Me Dry. Come on, church, make that your prayer in this place. God's Holy Spirit, Jesus himself saying, I'm never going to leave you hanging. I'm not going to leave you dry. Come on. Hallelujah. We welcome you in this place, God. Hallelujah.
2: We welcome you alone. Oh, so hear me, oh Lord, when I I am broken, I'm thirsty and down try and give me and see my enemy in your fight and let desperation be like David's key from my life, I'll sing surely goodness, or oh, surely goodness and mercy follow me. My cup runneth over, my cup runneth over, and the broken and the contrite you have yet to team sing like this, and you're never gonna leave me dry, no you don't, no you don't, no you don't, you're always willing, my cup you'll be filling, and you're never gonna leave me dry, no you don't, no you don't, no you don't, you're always willing.
1: Never gonna leave you dry. Come on, sing it. So hear me, Lord. Oh, so hear.
2: desperation be Let desperation be Like David's key To my life oh, surely goodness, sing it out Oh, and surely Goodness and mercy Follow me My cup runneth over My cup runneth over The broken don't try, you have yet to deny,
1: I've it for you, I hate it. Come oh, sing you're never going to leave. And You're never going to leave me Try Every voice. No, you don't, no, you don't,
3: no, you
2: don't. You're always with me. Up, you'll be feeling And you never gonna be me, no, 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 you me dry No you don't, no you don't, no you don't You're always willing My cup's singing out And you're never gonna be me dry No you don't, no you don't, no you don't You're always willing My am singing, fill. With princess, it's what you do. It's just what you do. You feel us with your love, overwhelm us with your love. Take us from the ashes, see with princess. It's what you do. It's just what you do. You feel us swimming you love overwhelm us with your love. Take us from the ashes, see with princess. It's what you do. Love overwhelms us with your love You take it from the ashes see it as a can It's This what you it's do, do. Oh, So you're it's never, gonna, you leave. You're never gonna, gonna leave And you're never gonna leave me dry No you don't, no you don't, no you don't You're always willing I job you'll be feeling And you're never gonna leave me dry No you don't, no you don't, no you don't you're always within my comments, you feel feel this with the love, overwhelm us with your love, take us from the ashes, see this with friends, it's just was what you do It's just what you do You feel us with the love overwhelm us with your love Take us from the ashes See this with frank It's what you do It's, it's what you Sing it out you feel Fill us with Your love, overwhelm us with Your love, take us from the ashes, See us with princess. It's what You do. i oh, so you're, you you're never gonna leave me dry. No you, no, you don't. No, You don't. No, You don't. You're always willing. My cup, You'll be filling. And You're never gonna leave me dry. No, You don't. gonna leave me no, dry, you don't, Lord. No, you
3: don't,
2: you're never no, gonna you leave my side. Oh, no, so my end, you you're never, and you're never gonna
3: leave
1: Church, would you just lift your voice with me in this place? Not that it's in the shower, but isn't he worthy? Come on. When as he begins to feel you, let that joy just settle in your heart.
2: Oh God, we sing. Give it, come fill my thirsty heart. I tell you right now, He's so willing to fill you up. Come on, some of you are thirsty, some of you are dry in this place, but the Lord says, He says, come, He says, come, Lord. He'll fill you up.
4: Oh, we love you, Jesus. We thank you, God, that we can come to you anytime, any time any place God and no matter who we are or where we've been or what we've done we can come to you with you there's forgiveness of sin there is healing there is new life you're always willing hallelujah father are we willing you're always willing to meet us to bless us to touch us to change our lives are we willing are we willing father She, in the name of Jesus, some of you are just saying, is God really willing to bless me? Of all people, it's not even a question. He is willing to bless you, even you that's thinking that. It doesn't matter. Because if you can't be saved, then I can't be saved. If you can't be saved, then I can't be saved. Then Pastor Joe can't be saved. Nobody could be saved. If God's not willing to touch anybody, He's no respecter of persons. We want to prepare for a time of communion, something we do every first of the month. Our ushers are going to begin handing out those elements of communion. And as we do that, just ask yourself, God is willing, are you willing? Say, am I willing? Am I willing to meet God and do what He requires and live the life that He called me to live? I just felt led this morning as we take communion to remind some of you that communion is not your means of salvation like you do it every week to get your sin cleansed and then you're good for the week until, you, until next week. The Bible says that in taking communion, A, we remember what Jesus did, and two, we proclaim what Jesus did on the cross. We remember the one-time, unrepeatable event of Jesus' crucifixion, His death for the sins of the world. We remember what He's already done. I want to read from Isaiah as we pass that around. Everybody needs to have one today. I know sometimes we have folks that for some reason or other reject the communion. Please take it this morning. I'm going to tell you how to take it if you don't feel easy about it. Someone could bring me up a cup, please. Everybody has the cup. It contains the wafer, which represents the body of Christ, broken for our sins. Contains the the juice here, representing the blood of Jesus, spilt as as a covering for our sins. We remember and proclaim what Jesus did for us. I'm going to read Isaiah 53. This prophet predicted, before Jesus' time, how he would die for our sins and what the body and blood of Jesus would accomplish, everybody just hear this, with a heart of faith. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down, and we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have have strayed away, we have left God's path to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. It says our weakness he carried. Does anyone have weakness today? Does anybody have something that say I, I can't live the Christian life? In fact, I can barely go on another day because of this, because of this weakness. It says he carried our weakness. Once and for all, Jesus carried your weakness that kept you from following him. It was our sorrows that weighed Him down. We know that sin brings sorrow in the world. When people sin and do evil, it brings sorrow and grief to our lives. Does anybody have sorrow this morning? He purchased joy for us and relief from our sorrows. And it says He was pierced for our rebellion and crushed for our sins. Are you living in sin this morning? Do you need your sins forgiven? Do you need your slate wiped clean? And do you need the ability to live a new life free from sin? He purchased all of the above for you. The Lord has laid on him the sin of us all. So let's take this, not in a religious heart. Again, this is not your little uh, salvation. This is not a, a something you do uh, to be saved. But you remember what Jesus did. Do it with a pure heart this morning. Everybody, Let's let's get the wafer in front of us. body of christ broken broken for you that should have been you and me up there we deserve that he didn't he took it for us let's take this with a heart of thankfulness for what jesus did and the juice representing his blood Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Someone had to die in your place. Someone had to take your place. As we take this, we remember what Jesus did for our sins to be forgiven. Thank you, Lord. Every head bowed and eyes closed. Just take a moment. Having done this, having reflected on your life, what does that mean to you? What sorrows of yours did he carry or does he need to carry that you've not given to him? What weakness do you need to give up to Jesus this morning? What sins do you need his blood to cover this morning? Just take the next 30 seconds, just reflect. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now let's... Let's start to thank him in our own way you've remembered in a sober sort of attitude what he did for you but listen friend that was not a sad event that was the greatest event in all of history there was victory over your sin there was victory over your sorrow there was victory over your suffering in this world and he purchased healing for you amen there was victory at that cross can we thank him this morning Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for a new life. Thank you for a clean heart, a clean conscience. Can someone thank you today? Who's been forgiven this morning? Who's been healed this morning? Who did God make strong this morning? I thank you, God. I thank you, God. I thank you, God because of what you did, Father, sending your Son, there's no question that you are willing to save, heal, and deliver all who come to your Son. There's no question about it. I have utter 100% confidence this morning. I pray a heart of faith over this congregation that they would have 100% confidence of your willingness to receive them, to save them, to bless them, to heal them, to meet their needs, to lift them up, to encourage them. In the great name of Jesus, because you already did it. You already sent your son. You already proved your commitment. We thank you in the great name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Let's just give them some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're good. You are good. Hallelujah. Shout out Rabashi. Hallelujah. You may be seated in this place. At this moment in time, we're going to uh, escort our children to King's Kids to their Sunday school, and they're going to learn some cool stuff over there. So, if we can find Tina over here, we'll bring the children over there for their Sunday school lesson. Good morning. Welcome to MPI, everybody. My name is Jared, one of the pastors here. I lead up our evangelism and outreach. And we want to take a moment. We make it a priority in every service to preach to you the gospel. This is a message from God that has the power to change your life and to save your soul like nothing else can. So just hear this very carefully. Let's look at Ezekiel chapter 18 in our Bibles give you a quick rundown. Ezekiel was a prophet. He lived about 2,500 years ago. Some will say it's a long time. And he was preaching to the Jewish people of his day. And this was his message. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you people mean by quoting this proverb about the land of Israel? The fathers eat sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, you will no longer use this proverb in Israel. For every living soul belongs to me, the father as well as the son, both alike belong to me. The soul who sins is the one who will die. The people of Israel were saying this proverb, the fathers eat sour grapes, the children's teeth are set on edge. And it's actually a sort of backhanded insult against God. They're saying, God, you punish us not for what we did, but for for what our fathers did. Or for what the generation before us did. We're suffering we're being judged not for what we did. We're innocent, but you're judging us for someone else's sins. How many know that wouldn't be right to punish somebody for no reason, for something they didn't do, or for something somebody else did? But what's God's retort? He says, the soul who sins shall die. God's retort to the people of Israel and to every one of us here today who, bl- who, who blame shift and take away personal responsibility for their actions, is this, the soul who sins shall die. You will not be judged for somebody else's sins. You're not being judged uh, for for what other people did. You're being judged for what you do. God holds you accountable for you, amen? And so, let's apply this to our culture. People want to blame McDonald's and sue McDonald's because they're fat nowadays. Listen, no one made you get up and eat there every single day. That was all you, friend. And if you're lost today, if you're living in sin today and you're addicted to something or you're just in, and your life is a mess, if you're lost, if you're going to hell today, don't blame it on your parents. I'm going to say that. Don't blame it on the church or on a pastor who didn't shake your hand once upon a time. Don't blame it on your culture. Don't blame it on your friends. It falls on you. This is God's heart. I'm going to give you the short version of Ezekiel. God says it like this. Say there's a righteous man, he lives to please God. He does things right before the Lord. That man will live, he will be commended. But what if that man has a son who, who turns his back on God and lives in sin? It doesn't matter who his daddy is or what his daddy did. He needs, he's going to die for his own sin. That's a message to us today. You don't get saved by association, Amen. You don't get saved because your grandma prays or because your dad and your mom are Christians or because you go to a church like this. It has to happen between you and the Lord. It depends on your relationship with God and your behavior. God will judge you according to what you did. You'll stand before him. No one will be beside you. No character witnesses, nothing of the sort. And so he says another thing. He says, suppose there's a man who lives wickedly for a time, but he considers his ways and turns to God. He says, that man will be forgiven, he will live, and his past sins will be forgotten. That's good news for a lot of us today. Amen? Amen. Except if you were born holy. I don't know anybody like that. But I got some dirt. And I need to be forgiven of it. God will wipe your slate clean today if you repent. But he says, suppose there's another man and he lives righteously for a time, but he turns his back on God lives in sin. He says, that man will die. And his former righteous deeds will not be forgotten. Listen, friends, you don't get a Jesus inoculation flu shot. You don't go to a, a youth retreat or get your baptism or your confirmation and that's it. You know, sign me off. I'm a Christian now. As long as you live for Jesus, that's as long as as long as long you live, you live for Jesus. You never stop living for God. You never stop going after God. Amen. Let's look at Ezekiel 18 verse 30. I want to close off and just give you that whole synopsis don't blame anybody for your sin and dysfunction and don't blame God for your sin and dysfunction some people say when God wants to make me free he'll make me free from sin that's a devil's lie God always wants you to be free from sin the question is do you want to be free from sin hello And the moment you want to be free from sin, he, without hesitation, will break those chains. If it's smoking, if it's drinking, if it's sleeping with somebody you're not married to, if it's going to the club and it's just something you've always done and you don't know how to stop, he'll break those chains the moment you say, Jesus, break these chains. Here's God's heart, Ezekiel 18, verse 30, if we could get that on the screen. Ezekiel 18, this is God's heart for you today. You can choose the path you'll walk, but you can't choose where that path takes you. Everyone has a choice to make, but they can't choose the consequences. It's life or death, heaven, hell, blessings or destruction that lie before us this morning. Here's what God says. Therefore, O house of Israel, I will judge each one of you according to his ways, declares the sovereign Lord. Repent, turn away from your offenses, then sin will not be your downfall. Rid yourselves of all the offenses you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the sovereign Lord. Repent and live. If we could just stand up. Stand up. One thing I want to point out, he says get a new heart and a new spirit. That's like saying sprout wings and fly or get uh, gills and become a mermaid. You can't just do that. Easier said than done, right? It's humanly impossible, but when he says get a new heart and get a new spirit, who's going to be the one to give it to you? Ezekiel is talking about being born again, being a new person who loves God and is free from sin. God will give you a new life today, a new birth. Amen? Get a new heart and a new spirit. He'll give it to you. And he says, I take no pleasure in the death of anyone. This is God's heart. Repent and live. Look to Jesus. Look to the cross, what we just talked about. It cost him his blood, friend. Will you continue in sin? Or will you repent and live? Every heart, uh, head bowed and eyes closed. And we have prayer workers, Berto and Griselda, on, on, on my right side this morning. And they'll pray with you. When we have this fellowship time in a moment, they'll pray with you. They'll, they'll, they'll guide you through it. It has to be between you and God, but they'll help you out. They'll help you uh, know what to say and how to talk to the Lord right now. And you can repent and live this morning. Father, we thank you for your son Jesus and his shed blood. We thank you for his body that was broken. We thank you that because of that, everybody in this room and everybody all over the world has the opportunity to repent and live if there's any offenses that we need to be rid of, if there's any junk in our heart, any attitudes, anything we're holding on to, anything we're making God instead of you, be it money, education, even family, search our hearts now, Lord. Search our hearts now, Lord. What is it? What's keeping us from you? What sin is is got us tied up? What are we trusting in instead of you? What fear, what shame is holding us back? Search our hearts now, Lord. May we all repent and live in this place. Even the most seasoned Christians, we walk in repentance. God, help us. Put your finger on those sins that need to be wiped out. And give us a heart of repentance. And forgive us when we do repent. and Give us life in the great name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Everybody remain standing. We're going to take a moment now to to recite our confession of faith. This is our creed. This is what Metro Praise believes. This is what the Bible teaches. This is what Christians from the time of Jesus and the apostles have always believed. And we say this. This is our worldview. Amen. We're going to say this together at the count of three. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit the Father who so loved the world, the Son who purchased my salvation in His death, burial, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Give Him a shout of praise. We are going to fellowship now. Greet, Greet three people you never met yet, tell them you love them this morning.
1: amen amen welcome welcome if you can begin to make your way back to your seat love, hallelujah love, 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 it's good to be in the house of the lord this morning can i get an amen that didn't sound too convincing the super Bowls later on and some of y'all are gonna be shouting a lot louder than that so it's good to be in the house of the lord this morning amen hallelujah Every Sunday, 10 a.m., the house of God, we come together and say, God, this is your place to rock and roll, Holy Spirit to come and touch us every Sunday, okay? We ain't moving, we ain't going nowhere, so you can invite somebody and say, hey, you know what, next week, I want you to come out and check out my service, because God's going to be there, amen? Every Sunday, 10 a.m., Metro Praise International, We've got some cool things going on throughout the week. Wednesday's King's Kid, we have a new time for you. We are now meeting Wednesdays at 6.30. Can somebody say 6.30? We changed the time a little bit, a little bit earlier. Come drop off your kids, let them be ministered to, amen. It's a good time, you can drop your kids off, let them be loved by the Lord. We got some great leaders who come out here, give their time, pour out their resources, and say, God, touch these people, touch these young children, amen? So if you're under 10 years old, you can come on out, amen. Wednesdays, new time, 6.30, we gotta get that changed. And elevate! every Friday service at 7 p.m. we are doing a sermon series called Jesus is bringing sexy back I just said it Jesus is bringing sexy back and our desire and our purpose is to set it right Jesus always always intended it to be a good thing can I get an amen Sex is good in the church. God had made it; He invented it, and we can talk about it here in the church and how God wants us to do it. So every Friday, 7 p.m., we're doing that series. Invite some young people out. Amen. Hallelujah. Got some cool things going on. I believe our next slide up is our yep our game night. Amen. Let's make some noise. Come on. We had a good time uh, this past Wednesday at the at the the family fun night with the movie. This time around, it's a game night, February 27th. 6 30 p.m. Remember that time is always gonna be legit the same time 6 30 p.m. There's gonna be spoons. There's gonna be card games. There's gonna be all this stuff. No gambling Hallelujah, look to this but No glambling. No, no glambling. No gambling in the house of God. Amen We're just gonna do it right y'all. So come on out February 27th mark it in your calendar It's gonna be cheer. Amen. Can someone say cheer? It's gonna be cheer. Hallelujah. Amen. Next slide for me, please Amen Metro Praise International This hasn't changed. Our desire is to love God and love people. I want you to do me a favor, look around this sanctuary. Look at all the people in this place. Look them right in their eyes, come on now. It's gonna be awkward for a little bit, but just look them right in their eyes, like I see you. Every person that you just saw, God loves, amen? God loves them, God loves you, amen? That is our heart. Jesus said, Man, the greatest commandments to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor as yourself. And that is our desire to love God and love people. And the way we go about it here in this church, a discipleship strategy to connect you to Jesus. Once you get plugged into Jesus, you're never the same. Okay, if you walk out saying, Man, that was weak, man, you're weak. Jesus is great. You gotta get plugged into Jesus, you're missing it. It's not about the loud music, it's not about looking good, saying hi to your neighbor, it's about Jesus. And when your heart and focus is Him, man, you get connected. Can someone say connect? Get connected with Jesus. And then you get mentored. We have a one-on-one and a two-on-one process here in the church. What it is, is basically you come and say, man, I want you to mentor me. Jesus, he had 12 people that he mentored. Then he looked at them and said, hey, listen, you go do that. And they started the church. It was crazy. People were getting saved. Demons were being cast out. People were getting healed. All because God's power was in them. How many of y'all want God's power in your life? Come on now, for your family, for your job. Not just here on church. But you get mentored, amen. Then we send you out. So that when you go back home to your job place or wherever you may be, the power of God can be with you. It's not one of the things that just the pastors have it, (laughs) No, Just the pastors go out, just the crazy people. No, you go out, amen. You go out, you tell people about Jesus and let him know, let them know rather that he loves them, amen. And our goal here is 100,000 disciples in Chicago, 50 churches to plant with 100, 500 around the world. Y'all believe we can do it? Come on, say amen. Hallelujah, Jesus is doing it. Amen, we're going to prepare to give our tithes and offering. Amen. Our tithe is 10% of your total income. Offering is whatever you give unto God after your tithe. Amen. How many of you guys are blessed of the Lord? Come on, just raise your hand. Blessed, amen. You now, when we come to this point of tithes and offerings, sometimes it can get intense, like, whoa, I'm blessed, but I don't want to give. You know, a lot of the times, God always challenges us as people within our personal walk with God, man, to grow closer, to grow deeper. And one of the times, many of the times, He's going to challenge you to give you know he wants to remind you that everything that's in your hands is not going to save you hello that everything in your hand is not your faith like I have faith in God because there's money in the bank what happens if there's no money in the bank you still have faith in God amen faith is not one of these things because we have money we have things objects now we can come to church happy faith in God is always your belief in Him and trusting in Him and when it comes to this area of finances it gets tight you hear in the news everywhere that, like, man, it is rough. They're giving percentages of people still without jobs. Unemployment is off the charts. Remember, we believe in God can do something great in this economy, amen, but even if it's bad, he can still bless his people. Hello? He can still bless his people. We're believing that for this church. We believe in it for you. So if you can commit with us in prayer, don't just say, man, I don't want to do it. Just commit in prayer. Just saying, God, you're faithful. You're faithful despite my job not giving me more hours. Come on, You're faithful despite X, Y, and Z. God, you are faithful and you want to open up heaven and pour it out on me. That's what the word says. We're gonna read in a little bit, amen. Put that in your heart as you get ready to give. Say, God, what can you use? Father, how can you use me to give unto this church, amen? Mission offerings, way we got that. Money's going to missions. We're saving it up. We have some cool things going on throughout the church. Come on, be blessed as you give. And man, we got the online giving. We're going to say this verse in closing. Luke 6.38, if you can stand to your feet for me, please. Hallelujah. Luke 6.38, this is the passage I was talking about. Let me explain it really quickly. It says, give and it will be given to you, right? If you give, you get back. That's what it just said. Give and it will be given to you. All right? A good measure, pressed down and shaken together, will be running over. I like this example. Anybody ever been to the movie theater, asked for popcorn? right? the fluffy little popcorn, and sometimes you get that little bag and it's just like, there's nothing in here. All right, imagine if the person giving you the popcorn were to say, you know what, I'm going to bless you, the extra butter, and guess what, they're pushing down the popcorn, and then they're putting out more popcorn, and the popcorn's overflowing from the top, you're just like, what? right. You know what I'm saying? That's what it's saying right here. A good measure, press down, like it's going to fit everything in there, press down, shaking together, and running over will be poured into your left with the measure you use it be measured to you, Amen. So let's read this out. Now that we know what it is, the popcorn example out. But now the Bible is like God, your heart, faith. Come on now, Luke six thirty-eight. Let's read it nice and that's in loud. One, two, three. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Let's pray. Father, you are crazy good. Father, in heaven, you're not broke. The light bills are not paid. Father, in heaven, there is glory. There is riches. Father, you own, you own the cattle of a thousand hills. And we believe, God, that your desire is to bless your church, to provide for your people, God. God, I pray for people going through some hard times right now. Come on. If you're just going through some hard time, just lift your hands. Come on, in this place, let faith arise. God, we're believing, God, that no matter what may happen, God, no matter what happens in this economy, you are still, God, and you are faithful, and we ask, God, that you would bless us so that we can be a blessing unto this nation, Father, God, to be a blessing unto this city, God. Pour it out over your people, God. Provide for them and their families when they go home. Father, give them peace to so know that you're in control. We praise you, God. And we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Come on up as you give, church.
5: How many of y'all love Jesus? Make some noise. Come on. Amen. Sid, will you come and grab these books real quick? Man, I have a special guest for you guys all the way from the south where it's warm right now, all the way from New Orleans, Pastor Corey Hicks. Would you come up, Pastor Corey Hicks? Man, he was rapping for our youth. He was doing some great things. I'm going to tell you about how you can get one of these CDs. Corey, would you just introduce yourself to everybody? Maybe just give us a little bit of what you were dropping with the youth. Come on. Do we have to get you a little beat going? Everybody, no. Come on, put your hands together. Make it awkward for him.
6: There you go. Yeah. All right, what's good? We're going to do it like this. Uh. 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 You already know the deal. Like the cut. Wait. Shut the beat down. Y'all, you you guys are, he was talking, we've been going through tracks like this this weekend, and he's like, man, I want to get you, you need this kind of track. That's not the right track for me right now. But I love y'all. I love y'all. I really do. Okay. All right, now that that's out of the way, check it out. You already know the deal, like the cards fix. Satan sent a head like a marksman. I'm in and out the studio, but I'm all in my lyrics, be straight to the point, like a shark fin. I'm from New Orleans, where the murder rate escalate. Like the ball, homie, so it take extra fate. Why you trying to eat my city by the extra plate? So I got to murk my flesh. Watch me catch a case. 24, 12 deuces. Acts 1, verse 8, no excuses. We tell the world Christ hang like nooses. The devil mad at my team. We a nuisance. We still preach hard. L Sharpton, in the end, I'm not alone. Macaulay Calkin, I pour in the youth like teachers, seated in high places, top of the bleachers. Thought we went so far that he couldn't reach us, but now all you hear is Jesus in your speakers. And we in the lab like beakers, so you get them downloads like leechers, Torrent, torrent, repping the master, getting the word out, out, out. Tweetcaster, get them L's up. Get them L's high. I follow with my cross like them 12 guys. I'm trying to raise the dead, open blind eyes, and see cats walk that used to be paralyzed. Exposure, I told you. We preach Christ, Christ, Christ till we gone, 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 supernova. Give it up for Jesus Christ out there, y'all. Come on.
5: Man, that was awesome. I want to tell you about Pastor Corey, man. He went to the School of Urban Missions in New Orleans, the same place I graduated from. He came a few years later. Uh, God blessed him, man, with a wonderful, powerful ministry where he does uh, Christian hip-hop. And as you can see, those lyrics are awesome. But I want to ask you guys to do something special today with these CDs. But I want you to hear first his testimony about now as a church planner working in the heart of New Orleans, planning a church to change the lives
6: of the people there. So just give him your heart and your attention as he shares what's going on. Thank you, Pastor. Man, I just reflect back. First, my conversation with Pastor Joe, really just encouraging me and seeing the work that you have done here, man, really gave me uh, just the confirmation and inspiration I needed to step out of faith. My wife and I, we have been doing an evangelistic ministry um, for several years. For four years, we went into high schools and we brought the gospel. And we saw thousands of students give their lives to Christ. I will go in one week and see uh, over a 1,000 students give their lives to the Lord. And we were dedicated to this ministry. And then at the end of four years, I stood and watched a lot of these students graduate. And as I watched them graduate, I saw some of the students that we led to the Lord be leaders. And then I saw a lot of students that we led to the Lord that look exactly the same way When they raised their hand and confessed their faith and then i saw even more that were in worse condition and it broke my heart because i knew that that it wasn't in vain the work that we had done because i saw some that were bearing fruit but i'm asking god man god what's wrong with this picture and then god began to bring me back to the scriptures when i began to look at paul's ministry and paul wasn't just getting people to raise their hand and say a prayer Paul was doing what Jesus did. Paul was making disciples. And God began to speak to my heart. And he said, son, I want you to leave a legacy. I, I, I want you to make a mark. And he began to speak church planning. so my wife and I stepped out in faith. We planted a church right in the urban area of New Orleans where the murders are sky high, prostitution, drug traffic, everything. When you're talking about making a business and you're putting your business plan together, people say location, location, location. And in the same way with the church, man, you don't want to put your church there. You want to put it here, Johnny, because that's where it's going to blow up. And that's where the money is, okay? When you go to a consultant, that's what they'll tell you, okay? But when you go to Jesus, He tells you, just like He told Peter, this is on this rock, this is where I'm gonna build my church. And He was like, but you gotta do it here, Johnny. He said, go where I tell you to go, boy. <laughs> I wanna be like Elijah, just hang by that brook, amen? But so we're right in the seven ward, and I tell you, I kid you not. We're seeing fruit. We're seeing people come out of drug addiction. We're seeing people that are sleeping together and get married. We're seeing people come out of homosexuality. You know, whatever the sin is, we're seeing God deal with the sin and we're seeing God make disciples. Amen. And so we're just excited that we can be a part of the work that God is doing in the city, man. Thank you, guys. I know some of you were already connected from when I came out before. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for for believing in us. Thank you for sowing in us. And I want to personally thank your pastors. Give it up for your pastors, y'all. Because watching this work gives me the courage and the strength at times when it gets hard. What I'm going through and I'm thinking, man, I just need to quit. I need to go to back to where that church can pay me a lot more. And and I wouldn't be struggling like I am. And things wouldn't be tight and things wouldn't be tough. And then I and I look at the fruit from this ministry. And I look at the staff from when he first reached them to the leadership. And then I look around at the disciples that have been made. And I say, you know what? God, I can keep going for you. God, I can, I can, I can, I can, I can keep going for you because I know the expected end that you have for my life is great. I know that the harvest is plenteous. And Lord, if I'm obedient, Lord, I was one of those labors that answered the call. And so I know that it's going to be effective ministry at the end of the day. But I thank you guys. Thank your pastors, man. I love this city. Love Metro Praise. Love the pizza. I love you guys so much. Yeah, dig. Yeah. yeah. All right, so here's where we come in and we connect. First of all,
5: if you love this man's preaching, he's going to be preaching tonight during the halftime outreach for the Super Bowl, okay? So uh, we have a Super Bowl party here tonight. The life groups are getting together, so everybody's invited. Come on out. There's going to be some refreshments and snacks, and he'll be preaching during the halftime and possibly rapping and just dropping it like his... Uh, come on. But here's what I want to say to you all on the Sunday morning congregation, okay? We pledged as a church to buy 20 CDs to support his ministry. So I want you today to pray about getting one of these CDs, only $10, and it's not like in the sense of we're just buying music, because he gives it away. It's on YouTube, you can listen to it, but what we're doing is we we'll want to support him, and then not just as a rapper, because that's his tool that he's reaching out with, but we want to support the church that's making the disciples. So he He'll have them in the back. You can give it to him. Amen. Just bless him and, and take one, hand them out, buy a few. He'll have them tonight at the Super Bowl a party. So bring your friends out tonight and he'll be hooking it up. Amen. Let's stretch our hands and just pray for this man of God. Father, we thank you for Pastor Corey, his wonderful wife, Pastor Nicole, his uh, wonderful five children that you've given them, God, and all that they're doing in New Orleans and the Vine Ministry Church that you've given them, the Urban Outreach Group that you've given them, God, the Concert Ministry, all that he's doing, God. God bless him and continue to increase him favor him Lord he's going to San Diego to meet with some officials from another denomination to support him a movement God the evangelical association Lord we pray they pour their finances into the vine to Pastor Corey into New Orleans for the sake of the gospel for disciples to give you the glory in Jesus name amen and amen That's that fire, yeah, yeah, baby. Look at your neighbor and say, that's that fire. Amen, amen. Would you open up your Bibles with me to the 1 Peter, uh, excuse me, 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1. Would you just leave that up there, please, as we're getting ready here to start a new series? I just want to share with you what's been uh, going on in my heart lately, Um, God's great and precious promises. Now before we do this, I just got to give you a big thank you. Can you look at your neighbor and say you're a real Chicagoan? Okay, you're a real Chicagoan. Would you just pray for those that didn't come this morning? Okay, because there was like a couple inches of snow. Would you pray for them? Amen. It's like I want to put up that Facebook picture like we're Batman slapping the person, and because the person's like, it's cold, and they're slapping. I'm going, it's Chicago. <laughs> You know, and it was so funny because when I woke up this morning, I told him, I go, oh, man, it's snowing. And he goes, you know what? It's the same thing for me in New Orleans with rain. And you know we used to snow. They're used to rain, but some people use that as an excuse. So look at your other neighbor and say, you were real Chicagoan. Amen, amen, amen. So we pray for them. Some are joining us by webcast. I want to share with you what God has put in my heart for this month. We have a church that is dedicated to discipleship, dedicated to the teachings of Christ. Jesus said, Go into all the world, make disciples, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Everybody say, Everything. Thank you. So when you come to Metro Praise, you will hear everything. When we had the shooting at Newtown, you heard everything that America needed to do to get right with God. Amen? I mean, didn't you hear about our sins as a nation and the violence we're allowing on the streets? And we just had a precious young lady die on the south side. I don't know if you've seen that. She was at the inauguration, came back, and the school would not even let her be in the lobby the students did a sit-in and said, man, we we, we got to stay in the lobby before the bus and our parents come. But the school is so tired of all the violence, they pushed them out of the school. So it's raining. You remember how it was raining a couple of uh, days ago last week. And she's huddled under the canopy with everybody else. And there's a bunch of gangbangers there. They come shooting up the block, and this young lady dies. You know, I was encouraged by her mother on the, on the news uh, uh, talking about she knows she's in heaven. And I'm going to believe that that woman was a woman of God and that her mom's a woman of God because I felt that when she was talking to I'm not God and the judge. But I just felt a confirmation like, you know, there's good people, you know, in our city and they're suffering. And so you guys heard about this. You've taken the good with the rebuke. You know, you've taken the encouragement uh, with, uh, you know, some of the tough messages. And so I want to thank you for that because when you come to Metro Praise and you allow us as the leadership to preach the gospel the way Jared did and to have messages at timely points like that, what you're saying to the city is, I'm standing for righteousness amen and I want to thank you for that because it is becoming far and few and in between where where churches stand for righteousness more and more churches because of the economy because of things that are happening are standing for numbers they're standing for different things and big doesn't mean bad I'm not saying big churches are bad I'm just saying in a lot of ways uh, the compromise is seeping in subtly to where the people are really just getting milk all the time they're never getting a steak you know they're never being taught to discern right from wrong everything is just Kind of like self-help. And so I want to take the moment before I start this series to say thank you for that. Thank you for allowing me to come here every week and call sin, sin. You know, we love people, but sometimes we have to tell it as is, as it is. amen. Uh, You know, I love people who live together who aren't married, but I have to call that a sin. I love uh, the community that I used to be a part of a lot more than I am right now, Belmont and Clark. I love the gay and lesbian and bisexual and transgender community. I love them. I've had them in my homes, my friends. Some here today are recovering from that God, saving them from it. And some may have just been dropping it like it was hot in Boys Town last night. You don't know who you're sitting next to. Ain't nothing wrong with that. They in church, amen? But my point is I have, I have to call that lifestyle a sin. I have to say that certain uh, vocal, uh, or, or I should say, words and music is a sin. You know what I'm saying? Nothing wrong with Lady Gaga's beat and the, the, you know, what she's singing like in her vocals and all that. But man, when those lyrics come out and, and they in, impact our generation, and Katy Perry, you know, I have to warn the young people and say, man, you got to stay away from that. And by the way, DJ Triune is a Christian DJ on YouTube who takes their hooks, which are awesome, keeps the beats fresh, and then has Christian rappers rap on their own beats. It is sick. Don't even tease me right now. I'll put it on right now, cause I'm going in. You know what I'm talking about? That one song. Oh my gosh, man! Turn the lights on. Oh, I just lost everybody on that one. Man, I'll get. Oh man, I'm excited about that song. I was actually going to play it this morning for worship and see how you guys would react to it, you know what I'm saying? Somebody would be like, this ain't the club, man. All right, but that's okay. But this month, what I want to do, man, is I just want to pour back into you now because you heard our vision this beginning of the year, what we're about, and once again, we had to draw some lines, you know, because all of January was like, why MPI? What makes Metro Praise unique and why we're here? And we had to draw some lines in the sand and say, man, we're going to make disciples, We're not asking you to be perfect when you come here, but we're asking Christ, the perfect Savior, to save you perfectly, to stop making excuses like, well, I'm not perfect. Well, let Christ, the perfect Savior, save you perfectly. Amen? Let him forgive you and change you. And you were, you know, receiving all of that, and I thank you for that. And so now for this month, month of February, what we want to do, there's not going to be PowerPoints and all that. What we just want to do as the, the preachers and the leaders here is just come every week with something in our heart just fresh off the the Holy Ghost stove, right out the oven. I mean, literally coming from there to here, I'm just writing down my scriptures that are just right here and just share with you promises. So look at your neighbor and say, get ready to be encouraged. Okay, look at your other neighbor and say, get ready to be encouraged. Thank you. I want to encourage you this month. I want you to come expecting to be encouraged, okay? Now, the Lord may switch it up and y'all may get rebuked again. Who knows? We may be talking about Lady Gaga and all that. I don't know. But, I mean, as far as the Lord has told me, as much as it's the intention of my heart, I just want you to come every week to be encouraged. Now, I believe in encouragement every week, you know, it should be happening in the church, but I, Sometimes we need to be challenged. Sometimes we need to be corrected. You all get what I'm saying? As a matter of fact, when you look to 2 Timothy, the Bible says, you know, preach the word, be ready in season and out in season. Correct, rebuke, and exhort, build up, which is like uh, And So we should always be serving you a good, balanced diet of your proteins, your carbohydrates, and your vegetables. everybody with me? All right, will you go there now to Second Peter Chapter 1, verse 3, new series, God's great and precious promises. And I want to give you the, the passage of where this comes from. And why this is so important to us today. Uh, starting in verse 3 of chapter 1 of Second Peter. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. See, y'all getting encouraged right now. Come on. It's just like trickling in right now. I want you to stop and think about what this powerful verse is. Normally I read a whole passage, you know, and then we go verse by verse. But there was so much in here, I have to take my time as I'm reading the passage. Otherwise we'll be here till tomorrow morning and then you'll get discouraged because I encouraged you too much. Okay, so too much encouragement becomes discouragement, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so I'm going to try to like just summarize what God's been put in my heart. But look at verse 3. His divine what? Come on, His divine... Shout it out, one, two, three. Power! His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness, okay? Let's just break it down. His divine power. We as the body of Christ, Christians, can come to a God that has all the power. He has all the power. Divine power. That means God kind of power. Does God's power ever run short? Does God's power ever need a jump start? Like maybe your car this morning needed a jump start? I know Pastor Adam's car hasn't been working too well in the winter. Pray for him. Somebody help winterize this car. I feel bad for it. Did it start this morning? Amen. But sometimes, you know what, Pastor Adam's car needs a jump start, something going on in there. Do you think Jesus ever needs a jump start? Do you think he ever has to say to all the angels, Hey, guys, let's all get together and sing worship songs to me so my Jesus-o-meter will go higher. I don't know if you guys ever remember seeing the movie Elf, you know what I'm saying, with Will Ferrell, and like the Santa Claus meter had to go high, and it's like, you know, the the more that they sang, the more the Santa meter went up. You know, so does Jesus need all of this praise? It's like, okay, we're almost there. I'm almost at miracle working power. Come on, keep singing, keep singing. Okay, I can do a miracle. Where's one place I can do a miracle now? Come on, doesn't he have all the power? Man, are you blown away when you look at the stars at night? Are you blown away when you go to the ocean? Are you blown away when you look at the mountain ranges? Like right now on Netflix, I'm like all into this Everest show right now, them climbing Mount Everest. It's like blows me away. Like our God did that. These people climb 29,000 feet, which is the same height that that jets fly at. And they go there just to like stare at and say they did it. And I'm like, man, God made the earth so beautiful. And then when you look at his creation, now, guys and girls, you got to guard your heart right now. But just look at your neighbor and say, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Look at you. Look at you. Look at you. Now, husbands and wives, you, you can get a little, come on, you can get a little romantic with it. you fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, where's my wife at? <laughs> look at you, hot mama wearing your boots and all of that coming to church correct oh thank you jesus he has so much power he made the human race he made human beings evolution does not explain the complexity of human life Evolution doesn't explain the uniqueness of the experience that you, uh, people that you and I face every day with love and the complexity of relationships. This is not explained by random chance and mutations, slow time and, and uh, you know you know, from the goo to you through the zoo, you know, from the goo of the early stages of evolution, you know, to the zoo to you, you know, we weren't created like that in some slow like evolutionary process. God created us as we are. It's like going to Mount Rushmore, seeing the faces of the presidents there and going, look at what rain and wind did over time. No, wind and rain did not make Mount Rushmore over a million years. A creator went up there and chiseled it out. And you are wonderfully and powerfully made by God's grace. So when we look at his divine power, we can also look to the Bible, we can see creation, we can see the cross, we can see him casting out demons. Sometimes people think God and the devil are arm wrestling, you know what I'm saying? Like this is like some USC fight that you want to tell all your friends to come to because Jesus and the devil are going to get it on and Jesus at the last minute is going to put some arm bar on him. That ain't how it is. When Jesus came to this earth, the reason why he died and suffered is because he had to be the lamb slain for our sins. He didn't come like and he was fighting the devil, and devil said, "I'm gonna knock you out, sucker!" And boom, knocked him out on the cross. And here he is, that white, skinny, emaciated, blonde hair, blue eyed Jesus that you see in some old people's houses. It's like, you know, he just like breathes his last little breath, a little deep, don't Jesus? No, he was a manly man, and he took it for us. But when he died, the Bible says his body died, took the sacrifice. He went down into death, hell in the grave, whooped the devil, stomped on him like a scorpion, took back all of the authority, and came resurrected. That's why when Peter was like slicing off an ear, he's like, Man, you don't got to slice off no ear. I got a legion of angels that can drop nuclear bombs, Sodom and Gomorrah on this place. We made this world. We can blow it up and recreate another one. But the reason why he died and suffered was for our salvation. So it doesn't matter where you look in the Bible, from creation uh, of the human race to the creation of the world to salvation, we see that God has power. He has creative energy. He has creative ability. And the Bible is saying that through his divine, God, omnipotent, all power, he gives us everything we need. Somebody say everything. Everything you need. He gives us two categories of those things, for life and for godliness. He gives us everything you need for life. You know, how would you define life? I define life as breathing you know, having heart that works a brain, right? Being able to feed myself, taking care of myself. Then you think of life reproducing, children, family. So he gives me everything I need for life. In life, do you need to eat food? God will give you those things. To have uh, food in your life, do you need a job to get those things? God can give you ability and skills to work to have those things. Then the Bible says that he will give us everything we need for godliness. Everything we need to be God-like. Everybody say God-like. Thank you. The word godliness means to be like God. How many of you guys want to be like Jesus? How many think there's too many people today that are like the devil? Right? They're like the devil. How many want to be like God? You might say to yourself, like all of us have said, I can't be like God. I'm not able to be like God. I struggle with these sins. I struggle with my past. I struggle with what's been done to me. I'm always falling short. Okay, the Bible says that. We are born in a broken system. No one can reach God's glory. We fall short of the glory of God because we've all sinned. But in God, he gives us everything we need for godliness. So he's saying, Hey, I want you to be like me. And you're saying, Well, I've got a stinking attitude. He says, I'll give you the mind of Christ. You go, Well, I'm lazy. He says, I'll put the pep in your step called the Holy Ghost. Well, I don't always know what to do. I'll give you my guidance through the Word of God. Come on. He gave us his church to build us up. He gave us his Holy Spirit to live within us. Do you know that the difference between us and Islam and all these other religions, which, by the way, I'm planning a debate with one of the best uh, uh, Islamic uh, debaters, uh, uh, advancers of Islam that's in the United States. His name is uh, uh, Sabil Ahmed. He comes from Hyderabad, India. We're going to be doing a debate. He's one of the workers that uh, that are promoting Islam in Chicago and all over Illinois. If you've seen some of the Islamic, uh, you know, things on the side of buses that say jihad they're trying to reform what the jihad means he's in charge of all this long story short I'll be debating him so I study Islam I have a book on Islam do you know that Islam even Catholicism other religions don't do any justice to what God promises us in our relationship for example Catholicism says you have to go to a priest to get in with God you have to go to his, Mar- his mother Mary. You have to go check out one of his brothers. You have to have the lost saint of Guadalupe statue right there on your seat of your car. Is everybody tracking with me? It says, but he has given us everything for life and godliness. So that means I don't need a priest to be godly. I don't need a building to be godly. I don't need a statue to be godly. Everybody look at me. I don't need a baby to stop crying to be godly. I'll I'll be godly with the crying baby. Are you all listening to me? Y'all don't let the distraction come on. I will be godly. Look at your neighbor and say, I'll be godly. Godly. I will be godly no matter what situation I'm in because he's given me everything. But I want you to see this. It says that it comes through our knowledge of him see, it's not going to be a wishing well. Some of us think that because a preacher preaches to us about an all-powerful God that wants us to have everything for life and godliness, that now we're just going to walk through life, and it's going to happen just, you know, superstitiously, hit us on the head. Blessings are just going to come floating from out the sky. Uh, some of you saw my, you know, my, my post about uh, the magical shofar. Some of us think... We're going to sound a magical shofar and the blessings are going to come. Some of you think, you know, if you pray a certain amount of time or fast a certain amount of time, that God's going to say, okay, you fast four days, I'm going to give you this blessing. You fast 10, you're going to get this 40-day fast. You're going to walk on water, dude. So all of a sudden we get in kind of like this works mentality or we get into this kind of mystical like if God wants to bless me, he'll just bless me. I'm going to keep living for the devil. But whenever he wants me to be godly, he'll just boop, he'll just change me. And I'll just wake up in the morning and try to cuss and I won't be able to because God changed me. I won't want to get drunk anymore. I won't want to do anything bad anymore because boop, just God changed me. Look at your neighbor and say, that's crazy. Yeah, but people think that way. It 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 is actually said of people sometimes in this church, sometimes, that people think that way. Either it's just gonna magically happen, or that somehow it's just gonna come through all of their good works. No, here's how it comes: it comes through our knowledge of Him. So, what we have today, think about this body of Christ. What we have today is not a money problem, it's not a marriage problem, it's not an economic problem. It is not a teenage problem. It is not a gun problem. You know, we have a knowledge of God problem. We have a knowledge of God problem, right? People are suffering for their lack of knowledge. Think about the suffering that you've experienced in your life. Lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. No, I'm not talking about things that are not able to be prevented. You know, I'm not talking about national uh, or or rather... um, You know, catastrophes, you know, acts of nature, you know, hurricanes. I'm not saying, like, that's our fault. And I'm not saying sickness and disease is our fault. I'm talking about all the other kinds of problems we face. Why do you think our economy isn't the way it is? Do you think we just have a money problem? No, we have a knowledge of God problem. That means people who are in control of certain spheres of industry, whether it was Wall Street or whether it was the housing industry, they were not treating others as they would want to be treated. Are you all tracking with me? And then people in the lending agency and then corporations and CEOs, because they were not operating out of the knowledge of God, treating others as they would want to be treated, they caused a problem. So all of our problems, no matter if it's a $17 trillion debt or if it's you not getting along with your boss or coworker, it is not a coworker problem problem, a government problem. It is a knowledge of God problem. The Bible clearly promises us that he will give us, every one of us, what we need for life and for godliness when we have our knowledge of him. Now I want you to think about this as we read verse 4. Through these he has given us very great and precious promises. What are those through these that he has given us them by? His glory and his goodness. It says, we receive everything for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own what? Glory and his own what? Come on, say it again. By his own glory and his own goodness. Through these, through what? Through his glory and through his goodness, he has given us very great and precious promises. So that through them you may participate. Look at your neighbor and say, you. You, that you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Come on, somebody. That's exciting. I'm, I'm pumped. Through these, God's glory and his goodness. What does the word glory mean in this context? God's reputation. God's reputation, God's honor, because of God's honor and the type of God that he is. We know there's only one God, but we know that idols and other people have tried to pretend there's other gods. Well, when those stories of gods were really being studied and saw, uh, saw for what they were, we found out that the gods were really just bigger egos of man. So when the Greeks came together and started making a god called Zeus, he just became like a big old pimp. Like he just wanted to take all your women. He wanted to control everything. But what we learn in the The Bible is that our God is not like that. That his reputation, even in the times of the the Egyptians and the Greeks, and the Babylonians, when they were worshiping all these other gods, when he came on the scene, he said, I don't want you to sacrifice your children to me. I, I don't want women to be prostitutes in the temple. Do you know that during the time of the New Testament, the Greek gods told the women to be prostitutes? Like how convenient, right? Like how convenient. Like he wants you to be a prostitute. Thus says Zeus. And women began to do it. Absolutely. And then you know what happened? Some dudes got in it and said, I, don't just don't want, I just don't want ladies being prostitutes. I want this dude to be a prostitute. So they started making male prostitutes. you all know, looking at me like I'm telling a story. Like, you don't know if to laugh or just, just be disgusted. But it was true. The Greek gods told women to be prostitutes, told men to be prostitutes. Research. Sexual exploitation, sacrificing of children, asking people to do things. You know, when I look at a lot of the false religions today, we don't understand how devastating this is for people. What if I told you this? God doesn't love you unless you love him first. God will not provide or take care of you unless you earn it first. And you would say, well, how do I earn it? Pray five times a day. Well, what do I pray? These prayers. Where do I face? That way. What else do I have to do? You have to fast for 40 days. What else do I have to do sometime in your life? You got to travel to another place. See, that's what other religions teach. But the Bible says, think about this, our great God says that he wants to give us everything for life and godliness through our knowledge of him. Why? Because of his reputation. Because he's saying all of these guys here, these gods, these religions, they're fakes and phonies. For my reputation, for the kingdom that is up there, I want it to come down here so that people will know I'm a good God. That my love endures forever. How many know God, our God, the Yahweh of the Old Testament, Father, Son, Holy Holy Spirit is a good God. all loving, compassionate, merciful, slow to anger. Amen. Oh, He's a good God. Amen. So why does He want us to be in this world without having hope? He doesn't. He wants us to go through the pain, the troubles, the sorrows of life, knowing His reputation's at stake. Amen. When you begin to go through things, it's His reputation that's now at stake. Will he be the God that gets honor on your job so that you can testify and say, man, God's giving me favor with the customers. Man, I've been trying to do this too, and I don't get the same amount of customers. Yeah, God's been favoring me. He's a good God. He takes care of me. Oh, yeah. You know, my family and I, we're about ready to go through a divorce. My wife and I, you know, because the economy and the, and the struggle, it's just been too hard for us to keep our marriage together. But I look at you, my neighbors, and I see you guys are still happy, and you're going through the same thing. I saw you had to sell a car, but how is your marriage still strong? The Christian says, because my God's good. It doesn't mean I don't have to sacrifice. It doesn't mean I don't lose a job. But I'm not losing life and I'm not losing godliness because God is good to me all the time. Amen? God is good and all the time. I got four people that remember that. It says through these, his glory and his goodness, his reputation and his goodness. We know what goodness is. It means he's not bad. It means he's not going to do things to hurt you. He's not going to allow you to go through things that in the end will be worse off for you. You know, they were asking a Christian philosopher about the problem of suffering and saying, you know, you're pretty smart, you're a philosopher, William Lane Craig, he just did a debate in Lafayette with an atheist, uh, Indiana, and they were asking him, you know, if you believe in a good God that has a reputation at stake, well then, you know, why is it we see so much trouble in the world? And one of the things he said, it's a deep thing, I'm going to summarize it, but it can be seen all throughout the Psalms. It can be seen all throughout Job. It's found in Romans chapter 8. And what he says is all things work together for God's good and for his people. And the example that he gave is, is he said, we don't understand how one action to another action to another action to another action plays out. To the mother who has a sick child, couldn't it be harder in life, right, to have a sick child? One of our best friends in Bible college, Juan Gonzalez, he, his uh, first, uh, his wife's first children were twins. One was born without a functioning liver. And uh, 12 years later, still, is getting di- dialysis. They're always telling him, uh, the family as the doctors, they're always saying, this may be his last month. I mean, could you even imagine that? Being told always, this could be your last month. They're in the hospital right now. God touch Isaac in Jesus' name. And, and, and he's going through this, but, but what this Christian philosopher was talking about is like, like I said, it's, it's in the Psalms, it's he was saying, you know, we don't see how every little thing works together. So, th- so the parent who has a sick child, they're now in the hospital where they wouldn't be in the hospital, but now they're in the hospital meeting new people they wouldn't have met. And now they're talking to people they wouldn't have talked to. And now they're sharing the gospel message. And so God, allowing things that he never wanted, but because of sin, when we sinned, we brought death, hell, and destruction here. All of that comes back to the original sin. That's why perfection has left us. But when now God uses an imperfect world for his glory and goodness, he takes things that are seemingly bad, seeming don't mean to make any sense, how could it work out? And one day when we get to heaven, we'll say, God, you mean you used Isaac going through this to see people saved in the hospital? Yes. You mean you used me losing a job so that I could get closer to my family in a one-bedroom apartment? Yes, because I didn't want you to lose your soul taking Disney World vacations. Yes, we will see on that day how the entire panoramic of history all plays to the tune, God is good. We'll see it. Right now, we see a couple days, a couple years, a couple centuries. When we look back on all of human history, we'll say God is good. But it says he does this through his goodness, through his glory. But now he gives us very great and precious promises. This is what we're going to be talking about this month, is God's promises. Because I want you to imagine this, okay? My daughter, Bethany, uh, my other daughter, Hannah, and my son, Lucas, all know that I love them. Imagine today... If I had the extra money and I saw a car that I said, man, I, got a, I can get a good deal on this right now. You know what? If I, if I get a fixer-upper or something, you know, it will break down. But if I get this right now and I keep it around, it will be a great car to give them. So I go there and I buy this car. And I put it in the garage. And I just say, you know, this is their car when they turn 16 years old. This is their car. You know, Bethany would be the first. And this will be our family car. As they are a child, they could look at that car and they could go, you know what? My dad's already got me that car. Now, they may say, can I drive that car? I'm like, you ain't ready to drive that car. Eight years old. Can I drive that car? No. There would be a time that they would wait to eventually drive that car. Are you guys tracking with me? Some of you are already at the end, but just stop with them and just hang with me right here, okay? So right now, if I bought the car, they already have the car. Are you guys tracking with me? But they have to wait to receive the car. Now, back up to verse 3. His divine power has given us everything. When did God give you everything? When did God give you everything? You might say, I don't see everything right now. Right? So I must not have it. Do you know that on the cross, Jesus Christ purchased everything for life and godliness. The day you got saved, everything for life and godliness was brought to you. Under your name, it is yours. Just like I bought a car for my daughters. And I said, it's here. It's right here. Can they drive it yet? No. So what do I give them during the time that they have it to the time they drive it? What do I give them? Think about it. I'm a professor. I can take awkward silence probably longer than you can. What am I going to give them from the time I buy it to the time they give it, at the time I give it to them? I want to hear somebody shout it out. No? No? No, 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 no. Think about it. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to to rephrase it. Very close. Boom. Who said it? Promises and their knowledge of that promise. They're at peace even though they don't have it yet. Let me put it all together. When God saved you, he's not playing games with you. He's not saying to you, I've given you everything, but really you don't have everything and that's why you're struggling. No, when he saved you, he looks back to the cross. The Father looks back to the cross of Jesus Christ and says, Everything you purchase for their life and godliness is theirs. Angels attribute it to their account. It is theirs. It is Monica's. It is Lynn's. It is Nancy's. It is Nick's. Everything for life and godliness is theirs. Now, the day they get saved. That's who you are. That's who you are to God. You are his child. You don't have to go to him to ask for something that he has already done. He has already given everything. So you don't have to say, like, God, create a new plan for my life where I get blessed or God, create a husband for me. No, whatever is for your life and for godliness has already been done. He sees it as a finished product, and he says it is good, and it makes my reputation look good and you'll be happy if you get with my program that's what God's talking about think about it think about it so now what's up some of y'all single you got your everything yet come on single folks you got your everything because that's my everything right there come on some of you ain't got a lot of money in your pocket you got everything right now to pay the bills come on the first is already passed some of you already figuring it out, man. What can I not pay? What can I wait 30 days on? What can I wait 45 days on? What's already coming back around? Right? So then what do we do? We doubt God now. We say, God, well, you know, that, that must not be what it, you know, that must not mean what it says. Because if you gave me everything, I would have everything. No, 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 no. Like a good father, he's given them to you at his time. He's given them to you at his time. And what you're supposed to have and what I'm supposed to have in this process is the knowledge of his promise. And those promises are very great. Now, if the Bible says very great, that's pretty awesome. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, things in the Bible are great. I'm already like peeing my pants. And I'm like, oh, I need another depends. But I'm talking very great. I'm going to be passing out like revive me. Come on. Very great, and then the things that the Bible says that they are precious promises that they're great. Like you, you could close your eyes and think about what your family's gonna be like, but you couldn't imagine how great it is and how precious it's gonna be. You can try to imagine what it's gonna be like watching your children grow up and serve the Lord, but you can't even imagine how great and precious it's going to be. You can't imagine how awesome heaven is and the glory of God, how great and precious it's. It's going to be, and so you know what he says. He says, Here's my promise. Here's my promise. You hold on to that when you're eight years old, Bethany, and your little kids are playing around, boom, 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 on those little things. You remember that promise. You remember that promise when you're 13 years old. You remember that promise when you're 14 years old. What he's saying to us as his kids is he's saying, You remember that promise when you're single and you're waiting to mingle. Come on. You hold on to that promise while you're going to job after job after job and, and you're not seeing an open door. You hold on to that promise as it feels like every day you're fighting temptation. It doesn't seem to change. You hold on to that promise of sanctification. You hold on to that promise of blessing. Why? Because a good God whose reputation is at stake has promised it and he will fulfill it come on somebody and now watch this because you might say man that's good but it gets even better because in our process of knowing the promise something actually happens there because sometimes we're always saying man over there over the rainbow I'll be happy then When all my bills are paid and all my family likes me and, you know, the job is perfect, then I'll be happy. And we always put happiness over there. Like, when are you going to be happy? Over there when I get a raise. When are you going to have a blessed marriage? When my wife stops working so much and we get to spend more time together. When when, when is the church going to blow up? Uh, When the economy blows up, then we'll have more money. And so we push everything in our life to over there. And those of us of faith, We do what's better than the non-faith people. We actually believe we will get there. Amen? We're not hopeless. So we go, yeah, I will get there. The uh, the person who doesn't believe they're going to get there, I mean, they're, they're kind of depressed, aren't they? So we're better than that. But watch this. We miss this. Do you know that during that time that we're believing God and his promises, we are participating in the divine nature? There is a partnership between you and him. Going back to the example of me and my daughter, do I just say, okay, you know, let's say if we had the finances, okay, here's a college education fund, here's your car fund, uh, here's some extra spending money fund, here it all is. Uh, you know, you're three years old, four years old, I'll see you later. Okay, you're just going to grow up somehow on your own. You're just going to learn lessons somehow on your own. And then, you know, when you're 20 years old, 18 years old, all this stuff will come to you, and you'll think I'm real awesome. Now, you'd be like, dude, that'd be sad. Like, no amount of money would, would would make up for you not being there all those years, right? And the only time we would even think that makes sense is if somebody died. That would be a will. And then we'd be like, yeah, that's a trust fund. That, I mean, that's a good thing. They left an inheritance. But to be alive and not be in the participation of their development and to grow with them and to help them get up after they've skinned their knee, I wouldn't be a good dad. And so God is saying the same thing. He's saying, I'm not just promising you blessings in heaven. I'm promising you a relationship. I'm promising you that when you are going through those hard times and you don't think anybody else cares, I'm right there with you because I care. And every time that you're doubting and you're afraid and you don't think you can make it, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death with you. My rod and staff will comfort you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's what he's saying to us. There's a participation with God. So you might say, Pastor, I just want to get right to the blessing. Well, the Bible's trying to tell us, enjoy the journey. Happiness is not somewhere over there with God. Happiness is right here. Point to yourself and say, it starts right now. Joy comes now. Come on, point to yourself and say, peace comes now. All the things that God promises come now in our spirit we become pregnant with them. Well, you know, we become full of them. They encourage us. That's why the Bible says, you know, during your trials, count it all joy. And it's like you want to say to Peter, because it's the same guy, writing Peter. It's like you want to slap him upside your, his head. It's like count it all joy. <laughs> Don't you know this is a hard trial? Ain't nobody got time for that. Count this all joy. Like as if you're supposed to go through a situation in your life, you know. And just find that to be happy, you know, men not being able to find job. How are you doing, Bubba? <laughs> I'm just so happy. Why are you happy? Because I ain't got a job. No, you know, somebody's child's not serving the Lord. How are you doing? Says, Oh, I'm just so happy. Why are you? My child's not serving the Lord. Why are you all crazy in this church? Well, my pastor told us to be happy and joyful in our trials. The joy that we're rejoicing in, catch it here, isn't the trial itself. We're not saying I'm so happy I'm losing my job. I'm so happy my daughter, my son, my loved one's not serving the Lord. I'm so happy I'm struggling. No, what I'm saying is I'm so happy in my struggles that Jesus is with me. I'm not going through this all alone. And through these struggles, I'm getting closer to God. My prayer life is increasing. His love to me is increasing. I'm getting to know my God better by going through this situation. If I never would have gone through this situation, I would never would have known him like I know him today. That's why I rejoice, because God is using this to help me participate and share life with Him. We participate in that divine nature literally hand in hand with that same divine power that's doing all that good stuff in the midst of us waiting, holding on to the promise. We're participating with Him. That means we're obeying when He says to obey. We don't always do it, but right, we... You know, you know what you do to try to keep all of God's commands? is you got to remember one good command. Here it is. Repent when you sin. Sometimes we forget that command, right? So, so we say, man, I'm trying to live for God, but I can't do it. You know, there's, there's a command for that. There's help for that. When you don't follow God's command, follow the other ones and repent and be saved or be changed and be forgiven. Amen? Amen. And then it says this right here. This, I, I want to uh, start my first closing. i got three closings today, okay? Normally I have long introductions, but I'm going to have long closing today. Um, what he says here is that when we're participating with that divine nature, we are escaping the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. What's an evil desire? Just shout out one. What's an evil desire? Money, lust, greed. Money's not an evil desire, God forbid. The greed to take it over our character, right? Give me another one. Jealousy, pride, hatred, anger. Do you know bitterness, fits of rage? Thank you. You know where those come from? Our evil desires. And when you look at it, what is it? Go back to the Garden of Eden. Where where did we really get nailed with that first evil desire and, and, and set this whole thing kind of downhill? When we wanted to do it our way over God's way. And so you look at all those things. There's a promise to keep us from going into those things. But when we don't participate with God, and we don't trust God, we then give in to those evil desires, and we're now corrupted. Let me give you an example. Where does bitterness come from? Somebody hurting you in life. So he says, participate with me. Come on. God says, participate with me. Forgive them. Come on. Forgive them. Life will get better for you. I'll I'll catch your tears, Everyone, you cry. Forgive them. And the person who holds on to Jesus' hands and participates with them in the, in the process of healing and forgiveness and restoration, they get out of that corruption of pain and hurt and bitterness. They get out of that. But the person who doesn't participate with God, doesn't take his hand and walk through it, they remain in that bitterness. And the, and the roots go deeper and deeper into their life until it not only affects them, it affects the people around them. And what is it? It's corruption. It's corruption. It corrupts them. Same thing with anger. You know, men, we struggle with anger. And I'll talk about myself. You know, I get under stress. Can't pay the bills. Nancy's asking me to do too much. Doesn't she know I'm working hard? I'm tired. And then all of a sudden, I start losing my temper. I start becoming angry. And, and what do I sense at that moment? You know, God, speak to my heart. Participate with me. Look, give me, give me that stress. Like I hear God telling me, give me that. I'll walk with you through this. I'm not going to change everything here. I'm going to start changing you in here now. And then as I start to walk with him, I participate in a divine nature, a nature that's not like mine that is so easy to be jacked up and messed up, I start participating in God's nature. I start acting like Him. I start behaving like Him. I start talking like Him. Why? Because He stopped the corruption of this world from the evil desire, and He's restored me and healed me. And so next time I get angry, I can hear the voice clear that says, Don't go down that road. It will corrupt you. Partner with me and tell your wife you love her. Amen. Amen. Tell her she's doing good. And so today as you uh, hear this message, I want you to pull out a piece of paper, notes, your phone, whatever you can. And would you think of three things in your life that you're going through that you would like to have a promise to partner with God on? So it's basically like write out your problems, write out those things you're dealing with because I'm going to show you that there is a promise for you. In any situation you and I face. And as you're writing this, you know what's really cool is that our life-changing devotions, we have a 365 devotion series. It's on Facebook and it's also at the website, lifechangingdevotions.com. Would you put that up there, Cynthia, please, as we're getting ready to close out? This is the second closing. Amen. When the band comes, that'll be my third closing. Amen. Um, This life-changing devotion is broken up into every month having a different series like things that I address. The first month, uh, January, we talked about having a new life. And every day I just sent you an encouraging scripture about new life. Guess what these next 30 days are going to be about? God's promises. So if you want to this month just follow along in these devotionals, you can sign up either at the the website, lifechangingdevotions.com, or the Facebook, or just be my friend on Facebook, and you'll see me post it up every day. Scroll down just a little bit and see what today's promise is. The promise of a new heart. Wow. Promise of a new heart. Every day this month, we're going to give you promises out the Bible. And when our preachers come to preach on Sunday, we're just going to talk about some promises. Can I give you three that I wrote down that I needed? And maybe this might bless you. Proverbs 10, The blessing of the Lord brings wealth and he adds no trouble to it. How many need a promise like that to hold on to today? Hello, come on. How many want to walk with Jesus on that promise? So how do we participate in those promises? Well, you know, you first got to know them, so you got to read your Bible to get them, right? So write this down. Here's four ways to participate with God on promises. I, I know I'm asking you to write a lot, but if you haven't finished with your troubles and you're like writing out your whole like life story right now, that's okay. You can get back to that later. But here's four ways to participate with God in the promise. Number one, you got to know the promise. Number two, you got to believe the promise. Number three, you got to speak the promise. And number four, you got to hold to the promise. Don't give up on it. Number one, know the promise. So that means you got to go to your Bible and study it and let him speak to you because he's got promises to give you. Over three, four hundred promises found in the Bible God gives to you and I. They're not magic wishes. They're not superstitious things. They are things that if you know and you hold on to and participate with God, he will keep his word in. But you got to participate. Are you all tracking, tracking with me here? Okay, how do we do this? Number one, you got to know the promise. Number two, got to believe the promise. Number three, got to speak the promise. Yeah, I mean, you got to speak it out and say, God, I believe your promise for salvation for my family. I believe it, and God, I ask you to do it. So we speak it out, and then fourth, we hold on to it, know it, Believe it, speak it, hold on to it. So God was dealing with me with finances. Proverbs ten twenty two. here's a promise for finances. If you wouldn't read your word, you wouldn't know it. So this week as we're putting out these devotions, check them out, talk to your life group leader. You could say, man, I'm a redheaded stepchild. I feel alone at night and sometimes I wet the bed. Is there a promise for that? Somebody's going to help you up to try to get you a promise for that. Amen? Okay, I'm just teasing. Any redheads in here? Where's Robin at? She's always our token, ginger. We God bless her. So, you know, if, if you're struggling, going, man, I don't know where the promise is, somebody will help you find it. Somebody will help you find a promise that is dealing with the situation. So that's the one I was saying, Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth and adds no trouble to it. You know another one of my promises is? is Ephesians 6. And let's put these up as we get them, uh, as I give them to you today. Ephesians 6, uh, chapter 1. Ephesians uh, chapter uh, seasons chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with the promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. I'm believing, God, for obedient children to live a long life, a blessed life on this earth. God, you promise that if I teach them to obey you and they participate with that, with me as their parent, God, you're going to give them a long life. God, their life is going to go well with them. Amen. Starting by saving my hand from spanking them all the time, it will go well. Amen. Anybody want a promise for their children? There's a good one. Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 3. And then it goes on to fathers, verse 4. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. That means don't wear them out. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. You could just put mothers there because it's the same thing. Whoever's raising a child, train them up that it will go well with them. So two promises already for me is, man, I'm believing God for finances. You know, tax season is coming up. I want to be obedient with the, that money that I'm getting. I want to spend it right. I want to get the things that we need. Some of you could invest into the church with that. We'd ask you to help us out. We certainly do need it. Some of you are going to use that money for good things. But you know what? We need more than just we, we what we need more than just money. We need the blessing of the Lord, which brings money. Amen. Because money comes and goes. Uh, government checks come and goes. But the blessing it remains. Amen. So the Bible says, the blessing of the Lord makes rich. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth. And how do I define wealth? Everything you need with more than enough to save up for your children's inheritance and to give to those in need. So think about that. You can pay your bills, tuck away some for savings, for an inheritance for your children, and then you can give to those in need. That's how I define wealth. Bible promises it. Second promises for my children. And then the last promises, Psalms chapter 1. And this will be my last closing. But you don't have to stand up, but, man, would you come, please? Psalms chapter 1 gives a promise to all those who will meditate on God's word and give their heart to Jesus and be faithful. I'll just read the whole psalm to you. It's one of the first psalms that I memorized. matter of fact, it's the only psalm that I memorized. I kind of sound spiritual, and I was like, it's the first psalm I memorized. I got like 20 others all memorized, you know. No, I'm just really the only one, but I memorized it. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of the sinner or sit in the seat of the mocker, but his delight is on the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yield its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Everybody say fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Everybody say it doesn't wither. Whatever he does prospers. Amen. You know what I'm believing for is that the fruit of our ministry, Metro Praise International, will bear good fruit in season and that what the Lord puts our hand to do will prosper. Wow, Joe, you talked about finances. You talked about your family. And you talked about being fruitful in ministry. Yeah, there's three things that I'm believing God for. I want to encourage you today to get a hold of those promises and start participating with God. Yeah, you first got to know them then you've got to believe them. Then you've got to speak them out and start praying them. Pr- teach your children to pray them, you know? And then hold on to your promises. Hold on to it. It may not happen tomorrow. It may not happen next week. But God will keep his word. Because it's his reputation that is at stake. Amen? Would you stand up and bless his name today with me? Praise God. Come on, would you bless him better than that? Come on, bless him for his word. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, we thank you for your promises. Amen. Now would you just lift up your voice, maybe just praise him, maybe raise your hands, just in an attitude of prayer now. Just thank him. God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you give us great and precious promises. Oh, Lord, to keep us during these times of our trials, during these times of our struggles, Father God. You give us great and precious promises. Come on, somebody say He's a good God. Come on, you're a good God. Say, my God is good. All the time. And all the time. My God is good. Come on, say it like you mean it now in your own words. God, you're good. You're faithful. You're a good God. You wouldn't give more to me than what I can handle. Lord, I trust you. Come on, some of you just need to say that today. Lord, I trust you when I don't see you, when I don't see the promise manifesting. God, I trust you. I believe. I choose to hold on to hope today, God. Even though I'm waiting, Jesus, I trust you. Come on, Adam, just sing whatever you got in your spirit this morning. Come on, I trust you. Just a few moments. Just spontaneous worship in your own words, pray, seek his face, let him encourage you. Come on before we sing the karaoke, get prophetic, come on, I need some words coming forth. I need some spontaneous worship today, come on. Come on Ishmael, come on grab a mic brother, I just want to speak over God's people today. We need some prophetic words speaking over our lives. Even if you can't sing, just speak over your life today, man. Come on, say, I know I will make it because God is with me. I know my family will make it because God is with me. Lift up your voices. Jesus. If you don't know the words, just pray in tongues. Let the Spirit lead you. Oh, tundere, 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 tundere. oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, we're people of the Spirit. We, the Spirit. we believe these promises are birthed in the Spirit. Oh, yeah. Jesus, A few more moments, just spontaneous worship oh, and an attitude of prayer.
3: Hey.
7: Oh, Lord, you provide you provide for your people you provide you provide for your saints oh look at the birds in the air they reap nor sow not they do not reap or sow yet our heavenly father feeds them are you worth not more than the birds Are you worth not more than the birds? You are the apple of my eye. You're the apple of my eye. I watch over you. I watch over you. Oh, I sing over you. Like a good father, I just sing over you. I sing over you, you're my child, you're my favorite one You're the only one I see, you're the only one I see Will you sing back to me, (laughs) will you sing back to me, you're the only one I see Yes you, yes you, yes you, yes you, yes you, I love you you, 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 you're asking, is it me, is it me, oh, does the Lord love me, yes,
5: yes, I love you, oh, I'm watching, now, as we just play, Ishmael, just hold, come on, just keep playing, we're gonna keep praying as they're playing, a few more moments, yeah, just give me a melody of the Spirit, give me an oh, come on, you just press in right now, come on, Man, if you got to pick up your Bible and read a Psalm, come on, start, jet, start there, start trusting God today. You're not the only one that's going through something hard. You haven't been the only one that's cried out to God saying, "Where are you, Lord? He will never leave you nor forsake you." Come on, just speak God's Word over your life today. We believe, we
2: believe. Yes, God. Yes, God. It's over oh, my children, God. Everything we need oh, for life and oh, godliness has oh, been given through our knowledge of you
5: for oh, your own glory and goodness. Oh, oh it's through these oh, you that you give us great God. and precious promises my God. that we can escape the corruption of this God. world. Oh, and share and participate God. in the divine nature. You are my Hallelujah, God. hallelujah. hallelujah. I'm walking, you, I'm walking you with you, Jesus. I'm walking with you, Jesus. I'm gonna I participate know. with your I power. You are for me. I'm gonna participate I with know you, Lord. That you are for me. Woo! I know Glory, Glory. I feel me. Jesus in this place. I know that you are for me. Oh, it's like a gentle oh, breeze. On a hot summer day, I feel Jesus. Me. I feel encouragement. Come on, I feel joy coming to somebody's heart that didn't think there was joy for them this morning. I feel peace coming to somebody's heart that was that turmoil this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just receive it. Just receive it. it. Come on, just raise up your hands if that was you. If you're receiving joy, if you're receiving receiving peace, just raise up your hands and say, I receive the fullness of
2: joy in the presence of the Lord. That passes my hey! understanding. Oh, 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 oh. Oh,
5: oh, oh. Oh, now, just oh, oh, thank Him, congregation. Come on, in closing today, just thank Him one more time, time. We thank You, God, thank that whatever we for your face, love. You're with us, and if You're Lord, with us, oh, we're overcomers. We're more than conquerors. For your Thank love, you, Lord. your loving kindness, your grace, Thank your mercy, you, your forgiveness, for second and third Thank and a hundredth chances. Thank, Thank you, God. You, Abba. Thank, you. Woo. Thank you. Hallelujah! Would you just hold the hand of the person next to you? Maybe just wink at them and say, "Jesus loves you." Oh, Hallelujah, man of God! I'm just going to have you dismiss us. Oh, would you grab uh, Ishmael's microphone? Hallelujah. As he prays for us, would you just pray for the hands you're holding that God will do
6: a mighty work in them today and this month. Amen. Father God, we come to you, Lord God, humbly yet boldly, Lord God, believing and standing on your promises, Lord God. Lord, we believe the words that... We speak today, Lord God. Lord, we're not just speaking, Lord God, and not believing, Lord God. We believe in faith, Lord God, that our finances are totally taken care of. Lord, we believe, Lord God, that our families are restored. Lord, we believe, Lord God. That you have called us, Lord God, to live a blessed life, Father. Lord, your word said that you did not create us to harm us, Lord. Lord, but your word said that you created us with a plan to bless our lives. Lord, your word said that you have an expected end for us, Father. And Lord, we declare and decree today that we are blessed, that our families are blessed, and that our homes. We'll serve the Lord in the name of Jesus. Father God, right now, we just declare an outpouring of your Holy Spirit on Chicago. Lord God, let the tongues come forth. Let the gifts come forth. Let the healings come forth. Lord God, we're believing right now for revitalization, for renewal, Lord God, that people will begin to get restored. Those that are bound with demons, that they would get delivered, and that they would get free, and they would walk in this freedom, and that people would see them in their right mind minds. People that are bound with depression, we rebuke it right now with the name of Jesus. People that are suicidal, we rebuke it right now with the name of Jesus. Lord, let the army of the Lord rise up. Let the army of the Lord rise up in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we declare right now Metro praise. Metro praise Lord God to spark a fiery flame in the streets of Chicago. Chicago for Jesus, Lord. Chicago for Jesus, Lord. Lord, let Chicago be an example, Lord God. Just like it was for Fort Wayne. Let Chicago be an example for all of the cities across this nation, Lord. Lord, let the transformations of lives resonate in the hearts of people from nation to nation to nation of what you did right here in Chicago. Lord, we bless your name. We thank you in advance for the work you've already done. We know what's to come. Restoration. Transformation. Chicago for Jesus. In Jesus' name, and let the church say amen. Say glory. Hallelujah. We love you guys.
5: Amen. We're going to have some altar workers up here if you need prayer. We're going to sing a song in worship, but you are dismissed. Come back to the uh, the Super Bowl party. And what time is it going to be here tonight? 5 o'clock? 5.30, meet us here. Let's sing a song to Jesus, brother, and uh, come up for prayer or just enjoy the time. God
2: bless you. welcome you in this place. you so faithful, Lord. Come on, we're just going to sing, come Lord Jesus, come in closing. We say, come, Lord, Jesus, come. We say, come, Lord, Jesus, come. Go to our cities, to our homes. We say, Come, Lord Jesus, come. We're desperate for You, and we say, Come, Lord, won't You come? Oh, sing all who are thirsty. All who are thirsty and all who are weak, who come to the fountain. We'll tip your hearts in lust, dreams of life. We'll let the pain and the sorrow. Let it be washed away yeah. In the wings of His mercy Oh, as deep cries out, as deep cries out to deep we sing, come Lord Come, Lord Jesus, come. Oh, we say, Holy Spirit, come. See that. We say, Holy.
5: Yes, this is that jam I was talking about. If you're still here, this is the after party, by the way. I think I should. I'll rep for the light if you
8: want to know. And I think I got a road map if you want to go. Feel that I might think I want to blow. Get this kind of light, then you're going to glow. Mm-hmm. What you thinking on that water? Ain't no drinking. Do it for love, man. Ain't no ranking in the sky where I do my thinking. Night light for the night life to help you all find the right light. Well, baby, Basically, that's my life, no Miller, this the highlight. i going hard,
9: yeah. I need some life, it's way too dark, oh yeah, I'm going in, and now I'm with my friends.
8: down from so lofty, give it all for a price so costly, go hard, no time for a softie, if you wanna take a break then you lost me, just call me the announcer, I'm good friends with the bouncer, now come up to the counter, got little water by the ouncer, I think we going up so sick but nobody throwing up just get your hands and throw them up come get this love, it's so enough cause I'm taking all the music and I gotta get around if you love it, what I'm saying you gotta get the sound Living as a night light till I break it in the ground and I promise I'ma do it when I come into I'm your town <laughs>
9: Mary-Kate and Ashley They say there's something about me Different, just add it up See, it's because I got that living water in my cup So we clapping for the master, why we laughing? Got the good bread just passing That good life we after Standard quality is so classic Do you know where your heart is? Or where it might even go? Yeah, what, what y'all want to do? Want to be ballers, shot callers, brawlers. Yeah, I know. What, what, what y'all want to do? Want to be ballers, yeah.
3: shot callers, brawlers.
9: I know dudes upon my block push that green to make that crop. They so paranoid, they noise they fear for all they got. Tell me, is this life a thing? Not what's money if you don't got peace, homie. tell me what's life if you just can't eat. So put preacher, don't preach uh, at me. I ain't against you, I'm for you. I'm just another I'm young boy who found grace, mercy, I'm I'm and joy. There's no choice, too That's why I want to be honest Tell you in the dollars You're never gonna find it Peace too big you go in your wallet But you wanna be fly Mr. Copilot Punches I know the television promised If you get it, then you're gonna be good But stop it Tell me what a man profit If you get the world Then you're gonna we'll lose a soul in the process Huh? I know you heard it all before But them words cut deep Cause them words from the sword I for Pete Oh, don't miss it. You're with that, don't kiss it. you extra fresh and ready to go out. But you ain't ready to go out. Money's good, don't spell it with one O. Oh. What's the score? Jesus, one death O. Oh. What they tell him? Yeah. What, what you wanna do? You wanna be a baller? Let's get it, Jack. Call us ballers. What you wanna
2: do? You wanna be a baller? Let's I got
9: yeah. yeah. keep it straight like yeah. a two-pay. Hey. hey, he kept his word. Touche, hey So we applaud like hooray. Yeah, we repping the name. We keep it the same. We do it again and again. Yeah, we doing it all shame. I'm keeping my hands up, never about to bend. Up, man's name. That stuff fades like a haircut, but he died with our dark spot on his body like a leopard. So not a reason we all going in, brother. We got the spirit of the King. Romans 10. Nah, my confession, I know I'm his, saved, co air, no air, kid, I hit it head like new era lit. why you chasing after things that be perishing, yeah, I am rich, he's the treasure, so I share that wealth, fix my pleasure, hello, yeah. what, what And i show you where your heart is at. Racks are racks. Uh, i got plenty stacks, but it ain't on earth because ain't no ceiling where my daddy's at. i got a crew spitting Jesus in the speakers. Not worry about the fame of the crease up in the sneakers. At work ain't got no beat up. And the workers, you gotta read up. When we be coming up empty, boy, you know it's time to re-up. But the work, keep turning and make that dough. You know why they got it? Because it ain't that low. Everybody do what they want, no. But they got the color, and the ain't going And I'm gonna show you why the paper never with this simple nature, I said, Yeah, you say, show you right. I'm making plain, boy, I can live without them. Cause there's something in that name that I know I never doubt yeah, of. Yeah. And I'll invest it cause my money's all about them. Yeah. Rather be 90 with them than have them hundreds without them. W- w- what y'all wanna yeah. do? W- w- wanna be ballers, shot callers, brawlers. What, y- what, y- what y'all wanna do? W- wanna be ballers, shot callers, brawlers. What
3: you wanna do? Wanna be
9: ballers, shot callers, brawlers? What you wanna do? Wanna be ballers, shot callers, brawlers?
10: So uh, I showed up to the spot and he asked me. He said. Where's your backpack? And, and this is what I told him.
9: East side of my city, right around my windows up, my deuces down in them speaker zone. they been loud, turn them up. Maybe yeah. bumping that RMG, maybe yeah. playing that high sock. I love them boys, but I can't forget. Salute the queen, Susie Brock. South side of my city. Hey, baby, catch me on old net. Believe me, boy, it ain't nothing pretty. I love it, though, because I'm from that. Box, Chevy's, go, go, grills. Clayton County, where I'm from. Stay tinted down. That music loud. and mirror shakes, so we own one. Yeah. East side of my city. West side of my city. South side of my city. Boy, i over
11: my city. East side of my city. West side of my city. South side of my city. B-b-b- all over my city.
9: And that Sheridan Six Satan that Sterling Road And they know the boy Was there early then Riding around in that hooty Hootie Like wooty woo he was earning them Tell them blocks He's returning them Because with his music He burning them And they're no longer Concerned with them But we did as kings On our block Till the day that we meet again, will we make this heavily stop? This here real do make believe stops? Uh, they act this shitty, I just lie up underneath the shade. Fernie, baby, heat for days fresh like Easter day. Ride around in my city, longboard in my trunk. Put the emphasis on my city, misfits do whatever we
8: want. Uh, the girls are really pretty, but they shallow. I don't trust them, and they act like I am nothing
9: special, but I still love them. Uh, catch up, vamanos, wolf pet looking kind of gross. Uh, they say we're the best, I don't know. Well, yeah, I'm lying.
12: What are beignets, late night, tonight. Find big savings now during the Menards Big Sale. Latitude Wiper Blades from rain have a specially blended graphite-coated rubber blade designed to deliver a smooth, clean, chatter-free wipe. In 10 sizes, your choice, just $12.49 each. Protect your vehicles with old-world automotive products. Made in the USA, Peak Global Extended Life Antifreeze and Coolant no water needed.
3: Ubers one
10: outlet. No I'm trying to take receiver. Get UVerse TV
12: for just nineteen dollars a month. You bundle TV and internet. Rethink possible.
13: So, what do you think? Beers next year? No.
12: The Mercedes Benz Superdome, the sign of Super Bowl 47, and the epicenter of the sports world today. Phil, as we continue to enjoy our pregame meal, can't help but think, what are the players going through at a time like this as we lead up to kickoff?
14: Well, you know, Jim, when you get to Super Bowl Sunday.
12: three touchdowns Oyster it, it's a, hey, look. you got the MVP how about some guys that did not that maybe deserved it through the years
14: well I, I think it's a good point I'm very proud to be part of the MVP club but when you think about all the games in Super Bowl history so many guys played so well and they deserved the recognition here are my top of MVPs number five, New York Giants defensive end in Tuck. When the defense featured ball 42, quarterback Eli Manning threw for two touchdowns and was named MP. He had two sacks and put he under constant pressure. 25, Thomas Toney, 190 yards trophy. When Scott Norwood went wide right, the Bills lost the game. No good. MVP. He is of the Oakland Raiders. Ball 11. Davis carried the ball 100 That the Jets would upset the heavily favored Baltimore Colts. Joe won the MVP award, but he got plenty of help. Jets running back, Matt Snell, was a force all game and would have been a worthy rush for 100 yards and on a handoff to Matt Snell. Snell at the five, Snell at the three, Snell touchdown. Top choice, the Raiders, Rod Martin. My greatest game ever played.
10: Where it was loaded and backs. So it made my side the weak side. So my drop was to the flat. And I got to the flat before the tight end got there, and I saw the ball coming. And my reaction is that I'm going to go get it. I was trying to get to the end zone. So half an night ran out of bounds. Jaworski
9: looks and throws. Left side. picked off Rock Martin. And Rock Martin comes up with his second interception
10: of the day. No, so I was covering really well, and I saw the ball coming reacted, went for the ball again, and just as I did, made a crossover move, my inside foot touched the out-of-bounds.
15: Jaworski
7: sets up really deep. Now comes up the middle, tip
10: off. the first time today! <laughs> I saw the receiver in my area, and I was determined. I said, I'm not gonna let him catch the ball. And, you know, the ball was so big, it was coming right at him, and I just said, oh, that's mine. And I just, you know, took it away from him, and, and that was the end of the game.
9: That's in the
10: face of the man they call... Right there, we knew uh, we were world champions. record-setting,
7: three interceptions. The Oakland are the champions of Super
10: Bowl fifteen. We all know records are made to be broken, but i like to hold on to it as long as I possibly can, you know? It was a great feeling, you know, to have those three interceptions in the Super Bowl. You know, MVP was really on my mind, and my mind was to win the Super Bowl no i was not the mvp of the super bowl jim plunkett was mvp of the super bowl i said but you know you can call me the people's mvp
14: century 21 agent in the house yeah I'm a century 21 agent oh great we need your help now that our youngest is finally out to college we're ready to sell our house and move to the beach you got it yeah get up stay calm there's a century 21 agent in the house smarter bolder faster you okay I'm awesome
12: (laughs)
15: the new Steakhouse Beef Dip. Only at Quiznos.
0: I used to sleep on the tour bus between shows. But that doesn't happen much anymore. The creative process never stops. And songwriting is so hard. But I love it. These days, I guess I just don't want to miss a thing.
9: <laughs> I miss you guys. That's me. And this is my Windows Phone.
13: Now get a Windows Phone 8X by HTC for just $99.99 at Verizon.
8: Abby needs everything to throw a big party for the big game. Let's see if Walmart's low-price guarantee can make you the MVP of savings. Look at that price. Wow. Walmart lowers thousands of prices every week. If you find a lower appetite price, they'll match it at the register. No way. Yeah. Touchdown. Ready? That's the Walmart Low Price Guarantee. See for yourself. Bring your last receipt, see how much you can save. See for yourself. Get great prices on everything you need for your game time party. Like Rotel Dice Tomatoes and Popcorn Indiana original Kettle corn Backed by Walmart's low price guarantee.
14: Till the big game can't decide which tie I should wear with my brown suit. I look handsome in that suit. I am a very handsome man. Hanging with my boy, handsome
3: QB11, counting down to the Super Bowl. Hope he doesn't wear that brown suit. Looks like a 70s game show host. L (laughs) O L Z exclamation point.
14: not funny
5: pig
12: welcome back to the phil sims all iron team presented by geico and who knew that maxwell was such a fashion critic
14: i might listen to his fashion tips but i'll tell you this i'm not taking any diet tips from maxwell <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah no, well, i know what you're well, exactly
12: what you're saying especially after all of this now listen what's the next category
14: well you know it's it's hard to win a Super Bowl, sure and it's really extremely difficult to even get there so my next list is the top five teams That never even got a chance to play in the Super Bowl. Coming in at number five, the 1990 Philadelphia Eagles. Despite starting the season two and four, the Eagles rallied to make the playoffs. Randall Cunningham was at the controls of an explosive offense, and the great Reggie White led a ferocious defense. But in the playoffs, the Eagles lost to the Redskins in the wild-card game. At number four, the Houston Oilers led by future hall of fame quarterback warren moon the oilers won the division title for the first time since the afl nfl merger but the 11 5 oilers came up short in the playoffs losing 26 24 to john elway's denver broncos in the divisional round in third place the 1998 minnesota vikings with the 15 1 record This Viking squad featured such offensive weapons as Randall Cunningham, Robert Smith, Chris Carter. Hey, how about this? A rookie named Randy Moss. They set an NFL season scoring record with 556 points, but fell short in the playoffs, missing a late field goal in regulation as Atlanta won the NFC Championship game in overtime number two, it's the 1986 Cleveland Browns. Quarterback Bernie Kosar threw for more than 3,800 yards and led the Browns to a 12-4 record that secured home field advantage in the playoffs. But in the AFC Championship game, the Browns couldn't stop John Elway as he engineered the drive that crushed Cleveland's Super Bowl dreams. For me, number one is the 1981 San Diego Chargers. San Diego Super Chargers.
15: great deal you know it was pretty exciting offensively for us we didn't feel that we could be stopped by anyone
13: fortunate to play with really unselfish guys that saw the big picture and the big picture was always winning it's hard to put into words exactly what Don Coriel meant to all of us I know that for me I wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame if it hadn't been for him coming to San Diego in 1978. I already did make myself clear, right, Well, I, th- I think I understood you. Is, is that what you wanted, the yeah, touchdown? I, 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 I
15: <laughs> he knew what he needed to have a great offense, and he put us together and made us believe that the forward pass was the way to go.
13: For a guy that uh, has influenced the way the game of football is played, even today, we all owe Don Coryell a great deal of gratitude. I think the 81 Charger-Dolphin playoff game is the greatest game in the history of the NFL.
15: The game should have been over by halftime. Well, we really thought that it was going to be over. We were leading, and um, next thing you know, they pulled the whole ladder. Steps up, throws it downfield. It is complete. The lateral back at the 20, the 10, the
8: 5, into
13: the end zone, touchdown. After their great hook and ladder play, uh, Charlie Joyner was standing next to me on the sidelines, and we both looked at each other and said, well, here we go again. And
12: Luther home. It is up, and the game is over. And the Chargers move on to the AFC
15: Championship game. When I saw Kellen Winslow being carried off the field, I knew that we deserved to win that football game. Everybody was mentally and physically exhausted after that game, but at the same time, looking forward to moving on to the AFC Championship. When we flew into Cincinnati, it was a little chilly. You know, since we're San Diego guys, I mean, a lot of the guys had flip-flops and shorts on. And then that night the blizzard hit, and I think it was the uh, only time the Ohio River ever froze. 60 below is not a temperature to be playing football. Today. It's like catching a rock. If you hit your hand, it felt like you broke a finger.
13: Anytime you're throwing a ball in, in windy weather, it's a concern, but when the ball is is uh, so cold, it becomes a little bit more slippery, uh, and that that gave us some problems.
15: It was a tough one to lose, you know, because we knew we were the better team. Bucks down into the
13: championship game one game away from the Super Bowl it's uh, tremendously
15: disappointing when I'm out and about and just talking football with people that's all I hear about is that 81 team some people think we won a Super Bowl because we were that good
13: 81 Chargers uh, definitely the best team I ever played on and it's just too bad we didn't uh, seal the deal
15: I played with such great athletes. Callum Winslow, Charlie Joyner, Wes Chandler. I mean, you know, just names go on and on and on. I'm very proud of the efforts that my teammates gave every
13: year I played with them. And uh, we just never got it done, but it doesn't mean that uh, we were losers. In fact, uh, we may be one of the most memorable teams of all time.
6: Did you just turn your ringer off so no one would interrupt us?
8: Uh, Uh-oh, no. I uh, just used my GEICO app to get a tow truck. It's going to be here in
3: 30 minutes.
6: Oh, so that means we won't be stuck up here for hours with nothing to do. Uh
3: Uh-oh. I I get it.
14: You want to pass the time,
9: huh? (laughs) Fruit Ninja.
14: Emergency roadside assistance. Just a click away with the GEICO mobile
12: app.
13: The Silverado got help with the decision? It makes the decision. Copy that. Sold.
4: It's Chevy Truck Month. Now get 0% financing for 60 months, plus trade-up to get $17.50 total allowance on a Silverado All-Star Edition, or trade-up and choose customer cash, plus option package discount for a total value of
8: $72.50. Tune in and join thousands of Pepsi fans in welcoming Beyonce in the first fan-made countdown to the Super Bowl forty seven halftime show. Be part of the action now at hashtag Pepsi Halftime.
9: Hawaii's going retro. What kind of man kills a cop cold blood? Recreating a fan favorite episode from the original Hawaii 5.0 with guest star Peter Weller. It's bang bang time. Go retro with a new Hawaii 5.0 at CBS
3: Tomorrow. Philly, you, like, seriously hate that couch.
14: Hey, this is my patented pregame ritual. It pumps me up for the game. I'm gonna call the greatest Super Bowl that's ever been called. <laughs> yeah, let me know when that happens. I'll set my DVR. Hey, look, laugh all you want there, big boy. They're talking Emmy. Did you see my Jags titans tilt? It was awesome.
3: For what? Uh, Best announcing in a flex-rescheduled game? <sighs> well, I do have to admit, big guy, I still have a great arm. You're like a regular Jeff Hostetler.
14: Hey! Yeah, consider that a warning shot.
3: Incomplete.
14: Now that's the Phil Sims. I know.
12: (laughs) Thank goodness you got that out of your system. You don't have to bring that to the booth later today. I feel better. I I know. I hope I look better. I feel better. Nice and relaxed.
14: Look, we've had a lot of fun today with Maxwell the pig. Uh, You know busted on each other a little. But the one thing you don't want to be in the Super Bowl is a GOAT. Mm. And this next list, nobody wants to be on it. Greatest blunders in Super Bowl history. Mm. And number five, last year it happened, the drop by Wes Welker. In Super Bowl 46, the Patriots held a two point lead over the Giants in the fourth quarter.
16: Hey, how about about a seven minute drive for a touchdown, huh? And end this in our turn.
14: New England was trying to mount a long drive to kill the clock and win their fourth Super Bowl. Brady's back. Has time. Wide open. Welker. Who dropped it at the 20-yard line. Welker could not hang on. Ball went behind him and incomplete. Wes Welker's drop led to the Giants getting the ball back with three minutes and 46 seconds left on the clock. Time enough for Eli Manning to lead an 88-yard Super Bowl winning drive for the Giants. Number four, John Casey of the Carolina Panthers. DeLome is ready. He's got the ball and back to throw. Close it in
6: the end zone, wide open, touchdown, Carolina!
14: In Super Bowl 38, the Panthers tied the game late, but then Casey made a key error. Oh, no. It was out of bounds. Oh, my goodness, John Casey can't believe what he just did. The ball was illegally kicked off out of bounds. It will be placed at the 40. Took full advantage of Casey's mistake, setting up Adam Vinatieri for a game-winning field goal with four seconds left. New England won 32-29. Number three, Garo's gap in Super Bowl seven.
12: Seven seconds remaining in the football game. A field goal here should ice it for the Dolphins. Upremian's attempt will be from 34. Here's the snap. The kick is up. It's blocked.
14: Jackie Smith's infamous drop. Despite Gary premium's blunder, the Dolphins won Super Bowl 7. The Cowboys Jackie Smith wasn't so lucky in Super Bowl 13. It's third down and 3, Dallas at the Pittsburgh 10. Roger back to throw, has a man open in the end zone
12: cut. Touchdown
14: drop. He's in the end zone. And he could not hang on to the ball. He's got to be the sickest man in America. Jackie was so wide open in the end zone, it was incredible. The Cowboys, who were down by one touchdown at the time, ended up losing the Super Bowl by four points. At number one, well, let's let the players involved tell the story. Big Cat,
16: what's up, man? How you doing, man? (laughs) Made the trip, huh? Yeah, just good seeing you. You're still looking trim as ever.
11: Yeah, still working on it. (laughs) I can see that. Looks good. Trying to keep up with the young guys now. You know how that is.
16: (laughs) It's kind of a remarkable story of how both of us landed up getting to where we are.
11: I kind of like to start with uh, you know, the beginning of the game. The Dallas Cowboys are back in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 27 in Pasadena, California. For me, the ball was just always around. Uh, I stripped Thurman Thomas early in the first, first half and uh, we scored a touchdown. And then uh, somewhere, um, I think Charles Haley sacked Jim Kelly ball kind of bounced off the back of my helmet and uh, jimmy jones caught it for a, for a touchdown now to throw. so late in the fourth quarter uh jim jeffcoat makes a big sack on um, frank wright and um, once again the ball is just bounces in my hand.
3: you
11: know i'm dashing off to the end zone and uh As I look around, there's nobody around. In my head, I'm thinking, uh, my family's back home dancing. I know they're feeling it. I can kind of hear the crowd roaring and, uh, you know, so I'm like, hey, I'm at pay dirt. You
16: know, so many times I've been asked about this play, I've tried to put myself in his position. If you're a D lineman and you're about to score in the Super Bowl, you know, and this would be the first touchdown in Leon's life, probably, right?
11: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what I would have done. Of course. Out of nowhere, here comes the big, fast, bad Don Beebe. You know, start my premature celebration. Don was down 52 to 17. I mean, it was a blowout. And for all all intents and purposes, most people would just shut it down. But he didn't. You know, he um, kept fighting. You know, he finished the play. And um, it was a big play. As he knocks the ball out, I'm I'm like, "What, what just happened?
4: Don Beebe caught him from behind and knocked it out of his hand.
11: I think it was big for, for you guys' team at the time too yeah. um, because yeah, you guys came back and, and made it to another Super Bowl. So you know,
16: um, And got beat again by you guys. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up, Leon. <laughs> it takes a certain amount of humility from a person to say the things that he has said and use the, this play to impact people the way he's using it because he could have just said, you know, I don't want to talk about it. Uh,
11: It's been a life lesson, you know? Even though you see the goal line, you know, don't dance until you get across it, you know? <laughs> I feel bad. I shouldn't let you score <laughs> no, now, man.
12: <laughs> that might have been the best piece I've ever seen on an all-iron show.
14: Yeah, it was really good. It was fascinating to listen to because it's the first time those two have ever gotten together and told that story on camera, so I really enjoyed it.
12: Loved the show, loved our pregame meal.
14: Well, me too. The, the food was great, but in a couple hours, we get a chance to call Super Bowl 47 so I can't wait for that either.
12: We've got a transition down Poydras, down to the Superdome. want to thank our friends here at Drago's. What a way to have a pregame meal. Partner, I've enjoyed it. We've got a busy day still straight ahead. And next up, speaking of straight ahead, the Super Bowl today is coming up next. Enjoy your Super Sunday here on CBS. For filling all the crew, Jim Nance saying so long for now from New Orleans. <laughs>
13: How far would you go to get help with college expenses? Is sex involved? Are more students seeking questionable arrangements?
8: Some people would call that prostitution. I call
3: it a beneficial relationship.
13: Sugar Babies, Monday at 10, CBS 2, Original Reporting.